Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathStoreProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm your host, The Dead Man. Show today, we have Birdie. Hi. And Nico. Did I ever mention how much I love Tom King as a writer? Once or twice. Just, just putting it out there. <laughs> right, Birdie? You would give him your. You would give him his own personal ratings. <laughs> uh, little continuity there from last episode. I was away. <laughs> hey, Tom King managed to write a fucking Batman Catwoman sex scene without it feeling fucking just wholly explicit. Yeah, I actually gave yeah, it context no, and made it work. I liked I liked those two issues. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I, the only thing I had a, an issue with is I'm pretty sure having sex on a pile of diamonds would be pretty painful. Like you're gonna have some diamonds. Let's ask Pierce some... Brosnan and Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're Batman with buns of steel. Diamonds ain't got shit. No, no, you're, it's Grayson you're thinking of there, not not Batman. <laughs> Plus, Grayson's got I, buns of yeah, steel. Yeah, plus, I told plus, you I'm, he was going to miss the greatest ass in the DC universe. <laughs> plus, I'm pretty sure that um, all the diamonds would just kind of mingle with the roof dirt. Yeah. So just like maybe, just like weird apartment building roof rocks that apparently mm-hmm. every apartment building has or whatever. He's looking at anything yeah. on any roof, and it's just all right. So yeah, we have this like nice layer of gravel here for reasons, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. I remember they replaced the sandbox at my fucking elementary school with a rock pit. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because sand was too dirty. <laughs> I was like I know, we'll just give him a fucking yes. bunch of rocks. Yeah, well, there was also a time back in the day when, uh, when I was younger, too, where they still had uh, um, jungle gyms that were made out of wood until a bunch of kids hurt themselves. That changed pretty quick after that. Yeah, then it's like, <laughs> oh, now this shit's blasted. all made out of fucking Nerf. At least it repelled aliens. Or at least Shyamalan aliens. <laughs> fucking aliens. Speaking of invasions from beyond the stars, kind of. Marvel has started up their latest and latest event, Monsters Unleashed. Yeah, which begins Is with a bunch this of kai- less stupidly contrived. <laughs> well, it's a it's a five issue miniseries, very pl- basic plot, I would say, and it's bi weekly, so it's supposed to be over within two months. But <laughs> introduces a new character named Kid Kaiju. Okay, that sounds like a cool name. Yeah. Yeah, so... I read a series called Kaiju Max. Oh, that prison one, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so this book, uh, written by Cullen Bunn, the first issue, drawn by Steve McNiven. Uh, Monsters just all of a sudden start falling down from the sky all over the world. And specifically in places with lots of superheroes, because, you know, why not? Yeah, they need a reason to justify the series, Dead Man. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Spider Man I mean, has a car. He can leave Manhattan. What? Why did you remind me of that? Because fuck you. 
It can drive up walls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking go, on, fucking go on the bottom of an over, fucking go on the bottom of like a fucking interstate bridge. Don't pay any tolls, and then fucking get out to goddamn Poughkeepsie or whatever. And then Ben Riley will purchase the rights to the car from Peter Parker, so he can be the real Spider-Man. Yeah, fuck it. With his Assassin's Creed costume, license that shit. Was isn't isn't that basically what fucking Peter Parker started doing? Like that was the fucking plot line when he started when he started at Horizon Labs. Just hey, all that fucking Spider-Man shit I made. Here you go, army cops, fucking whatever. Anyway, yeah. So they fight monsters, uh, and then all while, while this is happening, uh, it will occasionally cut to Elsa Bloodstone. Remember her? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like her. I- I like Elsa. Yeah, she's there. She's hunting. Pretty much, she showed up in uh, Next Wave: Agents of Hate. Yes. Yeah, she's hunting <laughs> shit. She has a drawing of a big old fuck off monster with a symbol on it. That's the same as symbol as some symbol in a cave. And then every once in a while, it just cuts to some fucking kid. His name's Kay. And then he gets assaulted by Fing Fang Foo and a bunch of other fucking monsters. Yeah, all Kirby and. Kirby monsters, inspired monsters, uh, at the end of the issue, and they basically said, you know, uh, Fin Fang Foom's like, uh, listen, I don't know what the hell you think you're doing, but uh, you made a big mistake, like by doing this. So yeah, the big playing a dangerous game. Yeah, the big thing is that um, whenever they come back to him, he is drawing a monster, and then it cuts to the superheroes fighting that same monster. Oh my god. Yeah, you remember that one episode of Doctor Who or whatever? Or some other fucking bullshit? Or Children of the Corn? Twilight Zone? Also, I'm glad to see, Dead Man, that uh, this Marvel series is taking inspiration from the best of Godzilla comics, specifically Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. Okay, then. I have not read that one. It's one of the worst Godzilla comics in recent memory. (laughs) Cool! Well, I, it's the I one with the Lady with Gaga parody that Kara uh, mentions. Lady Gaga. <sighs> now he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, did you like this? It was all right. I mean, I haven't read it. I'm curious. Yeah. No. Yeah, I liked it. I. Uh, it was your pretty basic setup. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't anything crazy, but I had fun with it. I thought the art was good. I thought the Kid Kaiju thing is a cool idea. I liked seeing all these different... McNiven draw all these different monsters. Oh, yeah. yeah, That was was the fucking thing that stood out to me the most, was just how good McNiven can draw monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's supposed to be a different artist for each of the... Five issues in this uh, little series that they're doing. So, and I looked at the list of artists um, that they announced. Uh, they're all pretty good artists. So, uh, you know, it, it could be a little fun little thing. Colin Bunn's writing it. I thought it was okay. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything groundbreaking or anything, but it wasn't like bad by any means. I thought it was very basic though. It was your basic roll call of like all the heroes just showing up, and basically it was just two page spreads of McNiven drawing every single. Uh, superhero team right now in the Marvel Universe and them kind of fit, trying to all basically saying, oh, what the hell's going on with all these monsters? So, like, in that yeah, sense, it was pretty... a lot of two-page pretty, spreads. It is. Yeah, but they look great. So, <sighs> you know, it, it, 
I know, like I said, it is pretty basic, but I'm interested to see where it's going. I, I thought it was, I was, I was, let's, let's put it this way. I was more on board to read this little event than, than Civil War. Ah, Cox. Uh, well, I'm just saying. No, I'm no, like, you know, issue two is drawn by Greg Land. Well, that fucking sucks. I must have not well, seen that. In that case, at best, <laughs> Dead Man, that means you've already read the second issue because you'll probably just trace McNiven's work from the first. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, the third issue. He'll just change the. But the third, he'll, he'll, they'll be. They'll be the exact same images you've just seen, but it'll be different voice boxes, so that it'll seem like something different's happening. But like third issue is Lennel Yu. He's good. But yeah, it's gonna be really interesting seeing Fing Fang Foom have an orgasm. Well, actually, Fing Fang Foom can't have an orgasm. Remember from Agents of Hate, he his his mama did the naughty with a piece of toxic waste. So Fing Fang Foom has no genitalia. I've never read Agents of Hate. <laughs> You're denying yourself, then. It mocks the shit out of bad Mark Millar comics. Yeah, it's a really fun series. Okay, then. I, also, Bloodstone's going to be in several different uh, ripped straight from porn fucking traceovers in the Greg Lane issue. Oh, sure. hell yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i don't know that was okay to be honest I, I i'm gonna read the rest i will tell you what i am pissed about though <laughs> the fact that they 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 felt the need to announce that there's going to be an ongoing also written by cullen bunn with kid kaiju following this little thing the day that the fucking of first issue got released is. No, but like, why announced it the day of the fucking first issue got released? I don't even think they 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 dropped the kids. Did they mention that the kid's name is Kid Kaiju in this, or is nope. that just from all the news that I heard? Right. See, we only know that and I know this. Yeah, we only know that because <laughs> news websites have been telling us that his name is going to be Kid Kaiju. Right. So, God damn it, Marvel. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's what pisses me off because. Like I said, I was all in with this little five-issue thing. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But, like, even if you're going to make a series down the road, because I can see that coming at this point. We have we know comics enough to, like, you know, but don't fucking announce it the same day the first issue comes out. Like, I don't know. It's, at least like, wait, wait until bit. the fucking second <laughs> issue comes out. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Wait to see if people bit. are actually buying this fucking thing. <laughs> Well, you know Marvel at this point, Dead Man. Everything is an IP forum for just like, hey, uh, we want to change shit up to appeal to as wide an audience as possible. So let's just keep throwing shit at the wall and hope it sticks. <laughs> yeah, I also just read apparently that Marvel has been overshipping to every single retailer, like fifty issues oh, yeah. extra than what they order. Yeah, I've heard that. Just like inflate their own numbers or whatever. Because yeah, yeah you know, fucking buying the book. Yeah, <laughs> why? Why would they do that? Why would they fucking? Why would they supply what people demand? That's just stupid. You know, you, you know, it's funny. I didn't actually hear about that, but now that you mention it, this past week at the shop I'm at, uh, we got in like, and we thought Diamond just fucked up. We got like thirty issues of like Deadpool twenty five, and I only ordered one. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like here you go so and like when they give you those those issues they basically don't charge you if it's a fuck up and and they just send them to you right but if you're saying they're just over shipping at this point to flex their numbers basically probably to beat dc out right because DC's yeah and dc been, has been fucking destroying them you know it's it's weird if you go back a year and listen to this podcast it's all cyclical i don't understand oh, yeah, but it, like honestly welcome, I like DC, welcome to the fucking cycle yeah. of hatred 
No, I know. I know. I, and I've been through this before. I mean, but it's been so long since I could actually say that DC is putting out a, a bunch of books that I've actually been enjoying. Like, basically the whole 52 stretch. I, could, I couldn't really say that. Oh, yeah. So, and then like, fucking Rebirth not, came along, and we're, like, and we're like, oh, fuck this thing. And then we actually read it. It's like, oh, wait. This is actually really good. No, and now and now it's almost as if Marvel has taken on the whole idea of the backgirling of books that we criticize so much with the DCU, they've with yet, the YOU and all that bullshit. Marvel it's, has yet to batgirl anything. I don't know. There's a there's a whole bunch of books that are fucking in that same vein now of like preachy fucking. I don't know. It's there. I actually I think yeah. Like, yeah the, like the, th- the, thing, pre- the thing that I hated about the thing that like I think me and Birdie. I think I speak of both those, but I say the thing we hated about Neo Batgirl was not that it was preachy. Yeah. It's that that it was horribly pandering to a younger demographic and fucking over everything else that had been built with that character. Yes. Hmm. And so far, so far, Marvel has actually been doing a pretty good job of, like, respecting the legacy of their characters. Like, even with that Secret War thing with, like, the fucking soft reboot... Or whatever the fuck that thing was. They still kept the continuity going. They were still like, hey, this person has been this. This was that. That was this. The only thing, the only way they've kind of fucked that up was a bit with like fucking Steve Rogers, Captain America. What with him being a Nazi? I, I don't know. I don't like this new Hawkeye book. I don't like this. Gwenpool's stupid. Dude, Gwenpool was I, stupid uh, from fucking conception. No, I know, but I'm just I'm I'm just looking at some of the titles that are coming out right now that I I would never connect with. This, this is what I'm trying to say. Don't imply, by no fault of your own, that Gwenpool was somehow a good idea that then faltered. Yeah, Spider Gwen. That's, that's a solid idea. Now. Gwenpool is retarded. It is as retarded as Duckpool. Yeah, which is also a book. <laughs> Just, hey, Deadpool's popular. We have these characters that nobody gives a fuck about unless we do weird things with them. Fuck it. I don't know. Let's make them Deadpool. You know, Gwen Stacy? What if she was crazy? And was fucking Miles Morales. Oh, no, that's the other That's the other Gwen Stacy. It's both of them. Oh, shit, it is both of them. Miles Morales apparently oh. fucking... When it comes to when it comes to Gwen Stacy's, he's batting a thousand. Yeah, but that's what I meant. Peter by Parker could girl. barely hang on to one of them. <laughs> but dumb dish. But let's not get into Batgirl. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to Batgirl yet. Well, you're going to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> all right, it's bad. You can talk about it, that's, dude. That's Come on, please. Say. I'll change my pick no, if I have no, to. No. <laughs> uh, you should have put fuck this book in the chat if you didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, if I you, actually if, put it in. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't want to talk about it, you wouldn't have put that fucking in there when you wrote the list. <laughs> so that's not about Monsters Unleashed. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I don't think I don't think we've read any of the point MU tie-ins. Nor am I, I don't think, for this one. But Yeah, why the fuck would you? It's like, oh, let's watch Spiderman be a businessman while also fighting monsters, what? <laughs> anyway. This is also fresh on the heels of the Batman kaiju. 
uh, crossover. Yes, yeah, this kids is why Marvel books cost five dollars each. So, Nico, let's talk about Batgirl. <laughs> nice segue there. Um, okay, <laughs> if I must, you must. <laughs> so a little behind the scenes here. Yeah, I did. I did write fuck this book in the <laughs> in the notes of books I've read to the guys here before we started this episode. And um, yeah, so Batgirl 7, I talked about the last issue. Apparently now I talk about Batgirl, even though <laughs> I don't like the book. <laughs> um, so Dead Welcome Man to my last world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all for the Civil War payback, isn't there? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> No, nah, dude, this is fucking convergence. Um, <laughs> um, so, Bertie, the last episode you weren't on before the one I wasn't on, uh, I talked about the last issue of um, Batgirl uh, 6, um, which concluded the arc of her flying back from Japan uh, with Raphael Albuquerque art, which I did enjoy, and I thought that arc was not bad in terms of her actually leaving Burnside. And the Albuquerque art basically kept me going. Um, so, as we talked about in the past, it probably wasn't worth reading after this, but I had the issue here, and I gave it a try, and at the end of our discussion, Deadman mentioned at the end of issue six that the next issue is introducing uh, Penguin's um, son, and it did. Played by Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Please. Robin and, Lord uh, Taylor is nowhere near that sexy. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He, he is a pretty boy. That's for sure. <laughs> it's funny because there's even jokes. Um, Grayson, the or I guess Nightwing now again, uh, the best ass in the DCU, <laughs> shows up uh, uh, in this issue and talks to her about um, basically what's going on. She mentions that she's going on a date with um, with uh, the Penguin's son. And he's kind of like, are you sure this guy's related to, uh, <laughs> um, what's his name, Cobblepot? Or yeah. what's, uh, he, doesn't, Walt Cobblepot. Uh, he doesn't yeah. look a thing like Burgess Meredith. No. No. He, uh, <laughs> or Danny DeVito. <laughs> but does he laugh so like he, them? That's the important question. Does he go, <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. It hasn't been shown as of yet. But, um, but basically, yeah, Nightwing's basically like doesn't understand why she's going to go out with him, and then you're not really sure if she's like just telling him for him to be jealous. I don't know. The whole thing's stupid. But basically, that is not the part that really annoyed me about this issue. Even though I thought it was going to be the thing that annoyed me most, um, she meets him at some party, and at the party they're basically talking about. Um, all the changes that are happening in Burnside lately since she left. And since she's returned back from her trip to Japan, the, the rent's gone up, the type, the class of people in the neighborhood has changed. It's basically becoming more of a hipster community. She's complaining about the price of her coffee at the coffee shop. These are not fucking things I want to read about in a Batgirl comic. I'm sorry. I don't know what the fuck this is. Welcome she's to Batgirl. Like the, the story. Yeah. Welcome to Batgirl, the story of a strong, independent woman complaining about the gentrification of her local neighborhood. Uh, yeah, and, and it's basically, majority of the issues is her whining about how 
the neighborhood is changing, but at the same time analyzing the changes that are being made uh, to the point where you're getting almost two pages of her talking about the coffee going up at her coffee shop. <laughs> like, and I was like, I just had to stop in between all that. I was just like, I just felt dirty reading it. I just felt sh- <laughs> shitty after reading it. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what they're going for. I don't know the audience for this book. I, I, I This is not a Batgirl book because I've barely seen her in her costume this whole issue. Um, I just don't know what this is, and I, I guess it's. Well, she doesn't shit. have a bat. She doesn't have. She doesn't have a, a Batgirl costume. She has a motorbike hipster outfit that she sometimes rides around in. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to had... rant about the neo Batgirl stuff this time because. And Nico, if you listened to the last episode, you know Deadman and I went off long and yep. hard about it last time. Right. So. What What's funny is I listened to the episode after I read this issue, though, and I <laughs> I, I, I loved I loved listening to that discussion, even though I wasn't on the show, because I'm like, yes, I'm like, yes, because I just read this issue, right? I was just like, I'm like, I'm so glad you guys also feel the same way about all this. But um, we no, felt this way since fucking Neil Batgirl was a thing. The only people who disagree with us about Neo Batgirl are comic book critics, unfortunately. Right. And the writers. And, and <laughs> it's just that I just, I, again, and I, I'll be the only one that's probably said this on the show all the times we've botched this, this direction that they chose to go with this character. Um, but basically, obviously, there is people that enjoy this and there is a, a group of people that like, like, that like this version and, and and you know, or they wouldn't have kept doing it. I know it's. I know the other one was a big success for them, right? But um, yeah, it I was. Just, I don't. I just don't get it. It was one of the few instances I, of that. That was one of the few instances of internet fanboy bitching actually doing something. Right. Because for those who don't remember, in that in that original run of the Batgirl book in New Fifty Two, uh, Gail Simone was re- was relieved of her writing duties from the book. At which point, the internet collectively threw their bowl of bowls of Cheerios on the ground and started screaming. Because we're all babies. And then the next day, Gail Simone was back writing it again. Mm, I remember that. That actually happened. then that disappeared anyway, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, fucking she. So, yeah, like, it was like, oh, yeah, Gail Simone's been fired from the book. And then everybody started going, "Eh," including myself. Because I'm a baby. And then and the guys in DC editorial was like, okay, fine. She's back in the fucking book. But we we still got a fucking guy coming in doing issues and stuff we'll have them like do two and then she'll be back on it and they did that ran this whole story and then she fucking signed up to go join a secret government government organization and like fucking invited her transgender roommate to come along with her and they moved to a new apartment then neo batgirl happened and she said and she told that fucking roommate to hit the goddamn bricks because she moved in with some other fucking jackass to go to college and then some of that girl stuff burned down along with black canary shit fuck it i guess check it <laughs> Check it out. I made this fucking thing out of a bike helmet I found in the trash. Well, uh... I this, this Batgirl symbol. has knowledge of non-existent continuity. Yeah, I fucking ironed this Batgirl symbol onto a biker jacket I got at Goodwill. Well, I you will know say one You know one of the most defining moments <laughs> of my entire fucking origins? You know one of the fucking most defining moments of my entire life? Yeah, that might never have happened, because fuck me, I guess. 
Oh, the kill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get to that either because <laughs> that really upsets me as well. Um, I will yeah, say Oracle, thing I Oracle was like a really big part of my character and helped really inform and build me up as like this really big, strong female character and one of the best in the universe. But, you know, fuck all that shit. Look, I have boots now. They're yellow. <laughs> I, fuck you. Um, <laughs> pretty much. The exciting thing I forgot to mention about the plot in this issue was uh, when she met uh, the Penguin's son, they both were able to talk about their startup tech companies. <laughs> that, that was exciting. Yeah. And, uh, so was, well, so was her said. tech startup like an actual tech startup or was it just like or was it just like a bunch of fucking buzzwords being thrown at a phone? <laughs> I, I think it was this. Yeah, that <laughs> was like, you know, we're going to fucking we're going to use this app to synergize and, you know, mainstream. Out-of-the-box thinking. She also gets kicked out of her apartment in this issue, so it's karma, I guess. <laughs> she, Her roommate Whoa. kicks her out because her girlfriend is now moving in with her, and because the price is, of the rent is doubling, even though Batgirl supposed to be rich, from what I thought, uh, she is leaving. But why? Because... <laughs> Because the neighborhood is changing, and uh, she doesn't she's, like it. And, uh, she's plot rich. She's plot rich, Nico. She's not character rich. Uh, uh, yes. Plot, plot rich. You can change that whenever you want to. <laughs> so yeah, fuck this book. That's all I gotta say about that. Fuck this book, and uh, yeah, I'm done with it. This will be the last time you hear me talking about the book on this show. Outstanding. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was you a piece of shit. did not heed my warnings. Welcome to the hate I, train. I, it, was too, it was too late. I, I listened to the show too late. <laughs> I listened to it about, you know, just uh, you know, uh, a week or so after it was released. So I, I I did not have enough time to get saved by listening to your And you said that, that your <laughs> and you said uh did you, did you like this was your girlfriend's copy of it, right? Yeah, well, we it, we still had it on our, our pull list. Like, I was buying it because the Albuquerque area, but she also reads it. So basically, I, I even told her after this issue, if you want to continue buying it, you can, but I'm not reading it anymore. So I, that's what I mean. I'm also at fault because I was I had continued buying it after the Albuquerque uh, it arc, and um, but she's so far is continuing to read it as far as I know. So I don't know. Okay, so so somebody yeah. likes it. Well, there you go. We, we, ha- actually, we have a person standing. We have a person yeah. here who likes the book. Yeah. Is there yeah, a chance she, you can get her she, on mic to talk about why she likes it? <laughs> yeah, Just for science. Hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> One second. Because I, I want to know. Well, she's actually there. <laughs> I, I need to know. This is something that I... It's something that fascinates me. Also, apparently somebody apparently the art for this book was done by a guy named Chris Wild Goose. Fascinating. And Jesus Christ, Wild Goose is not that great an artist. This is Fuck me, this is weird looking. Looking at a preview, I'm trying to find like a review of it on CBR. 
Because I, I want, I want, to, I want to see, I want to see what people say. I want to see if people are still like fucking looking at this and going, hey, you know, this is a really good direction for Batgirl. You know, opens up new avenues and shit. So far, all we have from CBR are fucking previews. Hello. Yep. Okay, so I got Christine here. Uh, I told her we're not going to attack her and get go down her throat here. So just objectively, we're just going to see. She's just going to explain, I guess, why she likes the book or whatever question you have here quickly. And this, I mean, I'm glad we, we got the anger out already. I can have this discussion civilly. Yeah, this this is yeah. this is like me attacking you, saying, "Hey, your entertainment is wrong, fucker." I wanted to, I wanted to know. <laughs> you want to understand? Yeah. Okay. So here she is. She's also gonna she she also read all of the Brandon Fletcher Babs Tar run as well. She okay. liked all that. I, I, all right. Here we go. So hello. Hello. Uh, I'm dead. This is Birdie. Hi. Hi. I'm Hi. Christine. Hi. Nice to meet you. Cool. You so, too. You are a fan of the Neo Batgirl. That is any Batgirl uh, stuff that has come out since she, since the art style did the change up to what it currently is in like aesthetic and when she changed the costume. I am, and essentially that's basically the only Batgirl that I've actually read. Okay. Okay, so, so what, well, before I ask this then, so what was your understanding of the character before this, before you started reading this? Um, well, I know that she was pretty complex because she was also like the Oracle and she has like a really deep background. So I like that I started it out, not know it little, basically fresh and kind of a lighter tone to her. Okay. Okay. So like, I like that for me, it was just easier to jump in now and it was just a light read and something fun to read. Okay. But all right. And this is my question. Cause that's true. That's a lot of the same reasons I like the character, but, uh, I get. I'm, I'm trying to to avoid my own prejudices coming in and asking this question. Do you sense that she's consistently written? Because it sometimes, even putting my own biases aside, this book it often feels like they're not sure what direction they want to go with her. Um, I can understand that. Like she, like it's kind of like a safe route. I would say that they take with her. Um, okay. I think they kind of know what crowd they have pulled in. Um, sure. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. Um, so, like, I do understand, like, they don't seem to take a whole lot of risk with her. No. I, I... Yeah, but... Which, from... again, it just kind of creates, like, a more fun, light read. There's nothing complicated about it. Okay. okay. So, this has been... This this arc, or the, this, like, section of the character has been going on for a not insignificant amount of time. What has been yeah. the thing that has been keeping you going? Is it just that it is this like light, easy read? Where you can just like kind of sit down, read an issue, like you're watching like a single episode of a TV show, and then just kind of like that was good, and then put it down, and then if something else comes out, you can check that out. Or is it is there something else pulling you in to keep you coming back to this book? Well, I think with the new launch of it, like I did like how now she actually traveled out. She's not with her same group. She did go a little bit out of her realm. Uh, where she ended up doing basically the same thing, but just in a different uh, area, I guess. So it kind of, they tried to make her go out, and I can see where they're trying to go with her. Uh, so, like, it still keeps me going with, I feel like they're trying to bring her out of her zone and trying new things with her, but I know they're still doing it in a safe way. 
So, like, it just keeps me intrigued to kind of see where they try to take her. Because I know there's a lot of places that they could go. I'm just waiting to see if they actually do anything. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, it does. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah, that, no I, and I, I've, I have understood that for a while a lot of people think that a lot of mainstream comics, particularly with long-running characters, it's kind of hard to jump on anywhere because there's just too much going on in the background that you have to understand to some degree. That I, I get that. So yeah, no, it's, I just I I personally feel like they're kind of going on their back foot with who the character is. Like they're trying to get rid of as much of the continuity as they can to make it easier for people who've never had any experience with the book to read. But not enough that it feels like they know they have an actual answer as to who she is. They're just they have. Have you read the Birds of Prey book that's tied to this version? No, I actually haven't uh, read that one. I think I read okay. the first issue, but I ne- we didn't continue with that one. Okay, that that was a good decision. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it the book has this weird existential dilemma with her and like is she oracle or is she batgirl and it doesn't really resolve anything oh okay so so it just feels like they can't decide if they want to just go full i think that's what probably annoys me it's like if you'd gone full reboot fine just go full reboot it just feels like they can't decide if they want to go full reboot or keep stuff that's yeah, like they like like going into the Neo Batgirl stuff. It was coming off the heels of a fairly big arc for her, as well as her supporting cast, oh, for and then sure. just by supporting cast, we have a new supporting cast now. Look, they they use Tinder. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think they, they've done a good job in reeling in new people and younger people. I think, which for I sure. find. Yeah. That they've definitely started to do that more, which does kind of annoy me with some of them. I'm done kind of with the bands, even though I read them all, uh, like the girl bands and stuff like that. I'm glad they kind of took that out. Um, But yeah, no, like I understand where they're trying to go and I'm a sucker for it. So I still read it, uh, but I've actually still been enjoying it. I really like that they tried to, or sadly he's not on it anymore, but uh, Raphael Albuquerque, the fact that he was on there was amazing. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. he's a great artist. Albuquerque yeah. <laughs> is one of the best talents working right now. For sure. He can, he so, can make bad books tolerable. So. Exactly. And he can make good so books spectacular. Good yeah. Exactly. Well, now, let me hope, go back on for you guys. Yeah, so before, just before you go, hopefully, hope, well, hopefully your boyfriend will, now that he knows what kind of art you like, point you to other books by these kinds of artists just to see if you like any of that also. Oh, I read a ton. I've I've okay, read a lot. Good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm an avid reader as well. So okay. Good, so and good. then just before we go, um, final question for Batgirl stuff. Uh, yeah. So, do you think that you would still be reading this book if it was going for this kind of tone, this kind of thing, but still had that backstory, still had like the Killing Joke Avenger, still have her history as Oracle having an impact on how she does things, or? Is it, or is it, or is one of the reasons that you have been keeping going with it is that it is just this is Batgirl, who she is, kind of beginning to end. You can do with this what you will. Um, I feel like I would still read it, but again, it depends on how it was written. If it was super convoluted uh, in how it was written with all of the backstory, then probably not. Uh, like, I like this, as I said, the fact that it's more straightforward. 
I like the idea of this really deep backstory that she does have, but I guess it really depends on who would have, uh, who they would have writing her, because I know some people can get way too convoluted and then it would lose me completely. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks for coming on with us. You as well. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thank you. And also, if you get a chance, check out Huck. Raphael Albuquerque artwork. Fucking fantastic book. Oh, it's an amazing book. It's a fantastic read. So good. Yeah. (laughs) Here you go. All right. Get the less attractive one back on. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you you say about me? (laughs) The truth. (laughs) So there you go. Okay. She had reasonable arguments. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess. I get where she's coming from. from I don't necessarily agree with her, but fuck it. It's. It's her opinion. Yeah. Well, you asked for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. And it actually did, did give some insight into the mind of a Neo-Batgirl fan. Yeah. She, she's read Killing Joke, too, as far as I know. I, uh, so she's aware of all that. But, uh, yeah, I guess she just likes... Yeah, I guess it's reader-friendly for her. I guess it's what I took away from it. But, yeah, same yeah. kind of here. Just, like, it is a light book. Yeah. I guess that well, with they, I guess with us having a bit more history with the character... We right. don't want light. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, like for there's, sure. Like there's this between like lightness and tone and lightness in character. <clears throat> yeah. No, absolutely. No, I mean, uh, to be honest, like there's nothing even about what's going on in the book right now that does interest me. But again, you know, if she, yeah, that's that was her opinion. So there you, there you have it. <laughs> yeah. And I just yeah. looked no, up was, fucking reviews and shit. Good. And yeah, everybody's like, fuck, yeah, dude, this is great. The new Batgirl, or yeah, issue seven. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Miko, you heard my uh, description of uh, Brendan Fletcher and Babs Tar's new book, where they said from the team that brought you the yes. critically acclaimed <laughs> revamp of Batgirl. Well, <laughs> when I was from also the team that brought you Hulk. <laughs> was the discussion of you saying that her her run on the their run on the book is in their top graphic novels list. <laughs> <laughs> was so fucking weird. Very insulting. Yeah, that was weird. But, yeah. <laughs> Just, hey, we got fucking... Anyways. We got fucking all this Vertigo shit and some of the most weird and insane comic books with all these fucking characters. And then also, this fucking high school girl heading out there in a fucking biker jacket. <laughs> yeah! DC comic, motherfucker! <laughs> it's the Bat uh. family coming at you, asses. Yeah, so there, so there you have it. There is, uh, uh, there is people that like the book. <laughs> Point proven there. I, that, I, I don't know. Yeah, that was actually. I feel like we need to do that more every once, like, every once in a while. That was really interesting. <laughs> it worked out for this for sure. <laughs> Good call on that. I was, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> but yeah. Anywho. Moving right yeah, along. That girl. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some more DC stuff, I guess, you guys. Alright. So DC, uh, for for the past couple weeks, months, so, uh, they've been putting out books, uh, called Justice League of America dash character rebirth. Which which are little solo issues that have been introducing the new, the DC rebirth versions of the Ray, Vixen, uh, the Adam and Killer Frost for an upcoming Justice League of America book. Yeah, which mm. is a, it's sort of like how uh, 
the recent a recent Tom King Batman run was like, hey, it's Suicide Squad, but with Batman. This one's going to be, hey, it's a separate Justice League made by Batman. Yeah, so, so far, three <laughs> of the four issues have been released. They haven't released Killer Frost Seat as yet, or at least I haven't read they it yet. They released it this week. Okay. So, if we, if we want to talk about it next time, we'll be hearing about it on the next show. But anyway... So yeah, uh, they did Vixen, Ray, and Adam, and they've all been pretty all right. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I mean, I was curious about the the Vixen one because I loved that uh, book by the person who started uh, Miss uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel book. That was G Willow Wilson DC <clears throat> books. Yeah, G Willow Wilson, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'd never heard of the Ray before. I've always kind of liked Killer Frost, and DC's attempting to pull back in its, some of its minor characters and write them correctly again. Yeah, so I guess I mean, we're going to talk about all three issues because they're, they're all like relatively light stories with not a whole lot in them. So I feel like you can just kind of bang them all out as like one as part of like one thing. Mm-hmm. So the Adam book is focusing on Ryan Choi. Okay, uh, so not Ray Palmer. But he is in there as the Atom. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so what so what happens is uh like Ryan goes to his Ryan goes to university where he is in a class being taught by Ray Palmer. And then fairly quickly, Ryan ends up becoming uh Palmer's uh almost a TA, but not really. Cuz he never helps teach class, okay. but he does help him like with the science projects and stuff, and whenever he goes out and like wins an award, there is like the plaque in the wall with with like Dr. Ray Palmer and then Ryan Choi. Yeah, that's a TA. I mean, uh, I guess the probably more accurate would be a GA, not a TA, because TA implies teaching assistant, whereas yeah. GA is just a probably a graduate student who is an assistant. So GA. Yeah. So the two, the two of them worked together for a while, and then Ray was like, "Hey, check this out. I made a shrinking suit. I'm going to be a superhero now. You want to help?" And then Ryan essentially serves as Ray's tech support. He's his Alfred. Where Ryan hangs out in like a little lab thing, little control room where he monitors all the all the Adam's vitals and such. He does all kinds of shit, helps him out with like battlefield strategy and planning and stuff, and he does a great job of it too. Like like the two of them work together for years with Ray as the Adam, and it all fucking worked out. And then one day Ryan kind of goes into the lab where they work, and Palmer is just gone. Then the video message pops up on her. like, hey, Ryan, have you seen this? Cool. Here's the thing. I'm stuck in the microverse. Shit's gone bad. Uh, do you want to be the uh, Adam so for pulled, a bit? He, so he pulled the uh, uh, Janet Van Dyne. Yes, yes. He shrunk so small, he's in another dimension. Pretty soon, a guy named Bob's going to come try to fight him, try to try to kill him, so that the world can turn to rat people with a violent, psychotic, scrappy do. Fucking, fucking countdown. <laughs> Episode two hundred. We're talking about that, just so you know. Countdown. We we need something else for the good, but countdown could hand could cover the bad end to fuck. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a it was a I good, never, never read it. 
you shouldn't, but you will. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so, uh, the, so the, yeah, the Atom is just a good little book. It is a uh, it, it it does a good job of like having Ray of like of, like building a really of, like building a realistic like crime fighting partnership with between Ray and Ryan. Has Ryan like have an actual character arc to him? Like he like he starts out as very much a kind of shy person. He doesn't really interact with that many people. Um, like his first answer in class is like fucking speech bubble is half of the size of anybody else's. And we see that we see him like get more confident stuff over time through just working with Ray Palmer and then working with the Adam and then it makes sense and actually feels earned when he becomes the Adam. It's also nice that it is a different kind of suit. Like, like Ray's suit is the classic Adam thing. Just, you know, the superhero fucking spandex covered his entire body that lets him shrink. And then Ryan's is a bit more armored. It has like a glass face covering. He still has his glasses on inside the helmet. It almost it almost kind of looks like the uh, TV version. But without being full Iron Man. And yeah, it all works. This book, the, uh, the the Adam book is real straightforward, real simple, and it is effective. Uh, the Vixen book is... The Vixen book is also pretty good. It is, uh, she, like... The, the, thing is, the thing that kicks it all off is a... Like, the thing that kicks off her becoming Vixen is a kid guilting her about not personally helping everybody who she tries to help through her foundations. And then she decides to personally help everybody through her uh, that she tries to help through her foundations by being a superhero. Mm. And it is. It might be the weakest of these issues so far. Like, like not in terms of like her, not in terms of writing her as a character, just in terms of having it be a thing, having it, having it be like this whole actual thing that happens it is just kind of it kind of falls flat for me the ray one is kind of the weirdest because so much of it is like at least half of it is spent with the main character not interacting with a single person like uh it starts out with it starts out with the ray whatever the fuck his real name is as a child who is locked inside of his house at all times because he's allergic to light. If he goes out in the light, he explodes. Mm-hmm. And there's people around him. Yeah, and so he's locked in there for a while. Um, he had one friend who he kind of blew up. Don't worry, he got better. And then the and then the like all the internal monologue is him writing letters to his friend who he doesn't even know if is alive or dead. Hmm. Then one night he goes out, gets into the light, and explodes and turns invisible. Because turns out he is light. Hmm. Uh, then just kind of floats around, <laughs> sees shit. Turn, uh, turns out that his old friend is actually running for governor. He's like alive and shit. 
the, t- the time scale in this book is fucking weird because it starts out where he's like 10, then he's 18, and then his friend who was the same age as him is old enough to run for stent, was old enough to run for the government, like Senate or whatever. Mm. And I don't know if it's just because one of his eyes got fucked off or something, but he looks like he's almost in his 40s. Like like his friend. Mm. And then, yeah, also turns out he's gay. That's a fucking thing, I think. Yeah, no, I heard that. Okay, I take back what I said about the Vixen book. This one's the weakest. Mm. Not bad, mind you. Not not ter- not terrible. Just yeah. like just like it's decently drawn. This one actually had the best art of of all three. Uh, that, it's uh, probably tied with Vixen. I don't know if you mentioned, but did Steve Orlando? Did you mention? Did, did he write all of these one shots? Uh, Steve Orlando, the the guy who's going to be doing the uh, the JLA, uh, JLA book, or uh, yes, he is. Yes, he, he did. Wrote, he, he wrote all. Okay, okay. So that's at least at least they got the same writer. It might be a good opportunity, like from what you're saying, to um, build up the characters prior to the book actually coming out a bit, right? So yeah, like, like, you're like, not like kinda... these, like it, it, that's what this is. This is set up, right? Okay. So you so even though you think they're weak, but they're not bad, so you don't think it's unsalvageable. I think the Adam one is good. Okay. okay. I think the uh, I think the Vixen one is. I think the, I think the Vixen one is decent, but not great. And I think the Ray one is a bit flat. Ratings. <laughs> uh, I'm giving them a quick once over now. Just try to like help cement in my head what they are. But uh, looking at it. Probably give Adam a four. Uh, give just give once over her vixen. Uh, I would give vixen a three and a half, and give uh, Ray a three. Okay. That's not bad then. Yeah, they all seem pretty decent then. Yeah, like, the like like Vixen, the um, like the setup, the inciting incident is kind of bland, but mm. it does a, it does a decent job of like showing her backstory, showing where she comes from, and showing that she is capable of being a good hero, and like giving her and like and like giving her you know costume and stuff. Uh, they did kind of bring up the seam on it a bit, so it's not so, it's, so there's no cleavage showing, which that's mm. fine. Mm. Like it's fucking 2017 now. Fuck it. But yeah, it's what's uh, what's Vixen's powers? Uh, uh, Vixen's she, power is she has a she has a totem. Channeler. Yeah, she has a to- she has a totem that lets her um, channel animal powers. Okay, she's she's, bas- she's basically like you, magical animal man. Connected to uh, yeah, it's like say if you connected if you read the animal gun, she's sort of magically connected to the red. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It goes also, through. I'm sorry I haven't contributed to this discussion, Deadman. But with the moment you mentioned Ryan Choi being Alfred to Ray Palmer's Batman, I was like, "Oh, Lego Batman's still a week away." <laughs> uh, that movie looks really good. 
Yeah, I hope it's good. Yeah, I anyway. like the Lego movie. Uh, JLA Rebirth. Um, taking all of these books as like a as essentially a sample and like saying that like the average of all of them will be the will be the quality of the JLA Rebirth. It's looking like the books would be pretty all right. Okay, that's good. Like Lobo's liking- on the team too. Don't forget. Well, yeah, well Lobo no, Lobo no longer looks Twilightified. Yeah, it's not lipstick Lobo. It's yeah. it's original yeah. Lobo. <laughs> yes. it's I, the big have you watched um have you watched Justice League action, Nico? No. Yeah. No. There was a there's an episode of it called Follow That Space Cab where Lobo is fighting Superman and 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 uh, Hawkman in space, and they're being transported by a space cab. That actually sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Lobo is saying shit like, A chicken nugget? I just got clocked by a giant dressed chicken nugget? <laughs> Does he call them bestiches? <laughs> uh, don't remember that. I just remember him saying stuff like, But the main man plays dirty. <laughs> like in Lobo. Was it Biking John DiMaggio? <laughs> is John it? DiMaggio. No, was it? I'm asking. Was was it fucking Bender bending Rodriguez? Uh, I don't think. I think it was. Actually, I'd have to look, but uh, I think it was actually. Um, what's his name? Played younger Joker in the um, the the Arkham Origins. Uh, Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah, I think that. Let me look. Uh, nope, John DiMaggio. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Troy Baker played Hawkman. Okay, sorry, wrong guy in that scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I still and I said this to Dead Man when I first talked about it, and it still holds true. James Woods should have played Lex Luthor a long time ago. James Woods plays Lex Luthor in that cartoon. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? <laughs> With Patton Oswalt as Space Cabby. <laughs> Oh, this this sounds like there's some good voice talent on that. That's interesting. Okay. I'm going to have to check this out. You should. Yeah. All right, then. Birdie. Uh, I guess I wanted to uh, talk about something else before I talk about this. So, fuck it. Let's get this over with. Uh, Mighty Captain Marvel is awful. Yay. I mean, boo. (laughs) Oh, man. Um... So when when the original Civil War happened, uh. a lot of people, rightly, could no longer admit to liking Iron Man as a character, even if the books were still relatively good, because he had become the giant douchebag of the entire Marvel Universe. And while that sucked, it at least seemed like those books were aware of that issue, that he had become a giant douchebag. Because um, Mighty Captain Marvel, I think, is not aware of, or is trying to pretend it didn't happen. Of course, she, but but dude, she's the good guy. Obama said so. Well, yeah, she essentially got a slap on the wrist, is what you said at the end of this, right? Yeah, like, it's, well, it's like, oh yeah, I fucking trample over people's civil rights in the name of fucking justice because some dipshit said, hey, this bad shit's gonna happen. But hey, guess what? Give me more power. Yeah. You're leaving in like and, fucking uh, four months. That other guy's not going to do shit about me. Yeah, and when uh, Jessica Drew 
Like, she tried to apologize to Jessica Drew, but the best she could manage was, hey, look, um, yeah, when I don't agree with people, I don't attempt to reason with them. I just fly off the handle and go do something else. That was their justification for her actions during Civil War II. Fuck you! And the worst part is that uh, Carol's current crusade is fighting for the rights of aliens on Earth. Fuck you! Like, she's upset with Captain, uh, with uh, Black Panther, Blue Marvel, and Captain America for working on a space defense shield. Because it will keep the people who have rights to refuge out. So, essentially, she's pretty much said fuck you to the Ultimates that she was a part of prior to this. To Civil War. She also said fuck you to the things she stood up for in Civil War. You know, yeah. put, you know, putting in preventative measures for predictive justice or some bullshit, but now fuck, like, using a goddamn future-telling child to tell me to go arrest somebody, that's fine. Putting up a shield that could, that may or may not be described as some kind of border wall slash fence. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So... What else sucks about this? Um, you need to put up that fucking you need to put up that fucking barrier, otherwise the space balls are gonna come and suck out all the air. Yeah, from and <laughs> I don't know who the enemy is, and I don't really care. Some alien is attempting to destroy what Captain Marvel has quote unquote built by impersonating her and causing chaos on Earth by destroying UN refugee sites that she was protecting. While looking like her, I neither know nor care why. Um, she's also in therapy because she apparently doesn't understand why she gets psychologically upset by what happened to Tony. Mm-hmm. She doesn't understand. It's because the writers <laughs> are trying to make you still be a good person. Yeah. And to add to the sense of we have no idea where we're going with this book, there is also a, hey, uh, Alpha Flight needs money to keep running your expensive space programs, so we licensed your character out to a television series. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's, uh, yeah I don't, that's a pretty dumb idea. Talking about this actually <laughs> gave me an idea for a book. <laughs> a book, a book where a book where a comic book character is in therapy because his writers keep switching and keep changing out what his ideals are, and it's causing horrible mental trauma. Well, what I didn't realize until I actually picked up the newest volume of the trade is that, as a result, another result of Civil War and Captain Marvel going off the deep end and pretty much ruining the character for now, um, also put an end to the A Force series that I really enjoyed. It's Fuck. over now, and it ended in a Civil War spiral. And she she was the she was a member on the Ultimates and A Force two books from Marvel that I was enjoying two team books probably the only good Avengers team books I have been liking and then. Fucking this happens. Wait, didn't the A Force didn't the A Force book end with like like the last issue I remember reading was A Force sitting like standing around and hugging She Hulk's unconscious body and then just fucking nothing. Yeah, it ended on like a real somber note. Yeah, exactly. They 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 basically went over the fact that she got uh yeah, she was all fucked up in the hospital and then they kinda all went their separate ways. 
Just, bye, I guys, mean, I'm going to go. Like, like, Vigo's just like, bye, guys, I'm going to go be another death game because fuck the runaways, I guess. Yeah, that's that's how the book ended. Let's go see like, what let's go see what our child and lesbian are up to. Also, Dead Man, um, the the psychiatrist that Captain Marvel is with in these issues asked the question that you kept asking while Civil War Two was happening, and <laughs> um, her response I was asking to it a lot. infuriated you. Well, specifically, it's like if you don't agree with your friends, do you just cut them off and abandon them? He's like, I don't want to talk about that. I did what I was supposed to do. Fuck you! <laughs> what you should have answered was, if there's even a 1% chance that my friends will disagree with me, I need to cut them off. That would follow the logic you had in Civil War II, you dumb bitch. So yeah, unfortunately, Captain Marvel has succumbed to that most unenviable of positions in mainstream comics, editorial mandate without good writing. Like, I guess it's looking at this book, it's kind of a miracle that the Hulk book is at least readable. Ah, uh, Captain Marvel. She was so young. She'd only been in that role for three events. Or a year and a half. <laughs> and and she's... Okay, and to be fair, this this screwing over of her character still is, is... It's not the pinnacle of when that happened. That's still Avengers 200. Nothing has fucked her over to that extent yet. Well, yeah, like... But... That's, there's a big difference between being written like a being written as a terrible person and being raped. Yeah. There's a bit of a difference there. There's like there's a bit of a gap. Yeah. There's also some really irritating pop re- I don't I don't get I don't mind pop culture references, but sometimes they're just infuriating. And the first of the two issues I read for this book, just to show, say fuck this book, ends with us figuring out that what Captain Marvel is really afraid of is not Iron Man in her dreams. It's the fact that she's fighting herself, and when she cracks off the Iron Man mask, it's her face underneath. And they, and they <laughs> literally say, the, oh, the, the, the Luke Dagobah thing? Yes, the Luke Dagobah thing. Ah, uh, the timeliest of references. <laughs> Empire. Because, <laughs> you know, she's a space character. <sighs> they couldn't have done some fucking bullshit where, like, oh, I'm tied up like Ramsey Snow, and then I'm tied up like Ramsey Bolton, and then the dog comes out, and the dog is my face. What? Bernie, sorry, quick question. Uh, you mentioned that Alpha Flight was was in it for that stupid idea about licensing her face for for her character for a show. Um, is she actually still running Alpha Flight at all, though? Yeah. Or are yeah, they still, still part of the Alpha book? Flight. Okay. Yeah, Sasquatch was her chauffeur in issue two. Fuck you. Um, I, I I like I like the Alpha Flight aspect from the last. Um, the first arc before it went all civil war-y. I like the Alpha Flight, but yeah, I I don't know. It's not enough to save this book from the sounds of it. But I, no. I do I do like Alpha Flight. <laughs> I'm Canadian. <laughs> Was Puck her Sasquatch. fucking Ottoman? <laughs> I don't know. And I guess if you uh, are a fan of Alpha Flight, Nico, you should check out the giant Alpha Flight omnibus that's coming out soon. Picked it up. <laughs> it just came out this week. <laughs> I did get it. John Byrne, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, it's why you said that. I've actually never read this run. 
So I've heard great things about the original run. So maybe I'll, t- I'll get yeah, to talk well, about John it. Well, John Byrne was a great writer for a while. He's kind of dating some of his mindsets. But you know, I read Sensational She-Hulk. And yeah, a, that was good. That's also a messy book in some of its ideas about what kinds of characters are, but whatever. Uh, yeah, he had a little a bit... Joke, it's, a, it's a little messy. Yeah, he had a little bit of fun and breaking of the fourth wall there uh, in that in that series, but... Yeah. So, yeah, this book sucks. Um, the art is... <laughs> passable, I guess. It's not even, it's not even like a... a um, Raphael Albuquerque Batgirl situation where the art's good enough that I can tolerate the bad writing. The art is just okay. So, it... And mediocre art is not enough to say bad writing, particularly when it's bad writing that fucks over a character I really like. Mm. But I guess Civil War already fucked her. Civil War Two already fucked her over, and now they're just turning into the skid. Mm. Is this another result of a TV writer writing the series? Like, is this a like a television or a novelist or something like that? That uh, that's... I don't think so. Um... Actually, no, this is... Actually, I know for a sec. This is uh, Margaret Stoll, I think. And she's written for a number of books, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Let me, let me make sure of that. I might pulling it up now. Another book that... Not that it's always a bad thing. I just know that Marvel, that's no, another, mo- no, and that's another move that they're pulling now. Where okay, they're like, yeah, so... Margaret Stoll was the co-writer of the Beautiful Creatures series. Oh, the oh. YA novels. The YA novels. Yeah. But I did, oh, oh, and she, crap. Oh, that's the Black Widow thing she wrote. The Forever Red. Yep. Oh. It was, a that... lie, it was essentially a, a young adult novel take on Black Widow. Mm. And, and then, that's, uh, that's of the other Black Widow, though. Not Natalia. It's, it, right? It's not the other... It's, no, it's it's the it's the it's the redhead. Oh, okay. And I guess the artist actually is pretty fan. Uh, the only thing I know of is like she drew uh, Nick Spencer's Ant Man series. Oh, which, I liked uh, that series. Yeah, Rosanas or whatever Ramona. Yeah, Ramon Rosanas. Right. Rosanas. Yeah. Uh, That's just. It's it's not special. Uh, it's, yeah. Just massively irritating moving on (laughs) fuck this book and the yeah fuck this book and this one i will definitely not talk about again and this one was bad enough that (laughs) i had i I specifically as soon as i read an issue i called i messaged dead man's like no just i know you have a a glutton for punishment but no (laughs) which 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 then dead man messaged me telling me not to read it I'm a glutton for punishment when the punishment is deserved or like worth something. Events, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, you want to talk about it for the show. Yeah, like like events are the big things in comics. Events are. Unfortunately. Yeah, the (laughs) events are something that actually has ostensibly some impact on the on like the universe at large. This does not. Because as we all know, having consistent character writing from book to book is fucking impossible. Right. So should Captain Marvel ever show up again in any of the books that I am currently reading, she will be an entirely different person than what she is in this book. Thus, this book 
is not important. Yeah. Yeah. Well put, actually. <laughs> Way to go, Marvel. You killed another one of your fucking characters. Piece of shit. At least for now. They'll kill him until... I seriously think Marvel needs to have a have a DC We Need to Talk editorial moment. Because, <laughs> like I said, uh, either last issue... Either last vault episode or sometime right around then, they have good enough writers, but their editorial decisions are starting to sink them the way it's on DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. There you have it, folks. Two books that we just talked about. We're not going to be reading again. <laughs> Fuck those books. Huzzah! <laughs> I have a book I'll never be talking about or reading again. But it's Nico's turn. Yeah, sorry, different order. It's mine again. Yeah. Wait, yeah, remember, it's, it's, it's Nico, Deadman, Birdie this time. You changed ah, the order. Yes. Alrighty. We change the order every fucking uh, week. <laughs> Whatever works. Um, okay, I'm going to talk about Daveocracy, number one, uh, that came out. Now, uh, Deadman, you've read the other Dave series. Did you read this one yet? I have it on the docket. Okay, Bertie, did you end up reading any of them? I remember we talked up being Dead Man talked about I've, it. You... I've looked at issues of Dave. I have not read them yet. They're they're re releasing the first series in like giant remastered editions, so I might Oh, look okay. At that. You should yeah, no, I didn't Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. Um Okay, so quick little recap. Uh I remember we talked about the first Dave series. Uh me and Dead Man we both really enjoyed it. Uh, I remember the second Dave series was good, but then the ending kind of fell flat for us, if I recall. Uh, at least for me. I don't even remember what the ending the was. It was it like right? I think I think I think we both discussed it though, and I remember we th- we both felt that it, it just didn't hit the mark that the first series did in terms of like. I remember that there was people that came into his time from the future or from the past or something like that. Wasn't it from the past? Like actual humans came. Yeah, yeah, into... humans. Yeah, humans came to the future right. uh, from the past, and Dave was working to bring them back to their whole, bring them back to their time, and stop robots from taking over. Hmm. Oh no, so, robots! <laughs> so this is a so robot saying that. that. Yeah, so the the ending of Dave Two was not bad, um, but it wasn't. It, it, it kind of fell flat in terms of the first like series it was so, like such a home run. I thought I really enjoyed the first one. Second one was okay. With the third issue, uh, sorry, the third series that just came out, Daveocracy. I think it's another four issue mini. Um, basically, it opens up with him talking about. Uh, you know, whatever happens to the Earth, nothing much changes. Uh, there'll be change, but we freaking love parades. This is the fourth one this week, and it's Tuesday. <laughs> and then you kind of just see a crazy um, parade, and it's um, basically like a JFK style. Um, an assassination happens where uh, a, a Roomba, one of those like machines that like kind of car- uh, cleans the carpets and stuff, like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, um, yeah it. Um, that Dave actually, they're quick to remind you shortly after in this issue, which I had forgotten, basically is the one that brought him into creation in the second miniseries. He made this Roomba, uh, is now the president. Roomba. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Roomba. Well, is, is it just pronounced Roomba and there's an A? Because in this comic, it's uh, an O. It's in the comic, they put R O O M B O. Okay, so in the comic it would be Roombo, but the actual okay. thing is Roomba. I just I'm just right. saying they couldn't license the name. 
Right, right. So yeah, so that's that's why I got confused there. Uh, so yeah, so it is. His name is Rumbo in the, in this comic, and he's the president. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't yeah, remember if at the end of uh, end of the second miniseries if he became president then or if he just you just kind of cut to this now and he's president. But he basically gets taken out like JFK assassination <laughs> style here, and uh, and they're like you know on the news they're like. Um, Quickly, then you cut to Dave's son, his fuck, his uh, idiot son, who's a bit of a goofball, uh, and he's sitting in, yeah, <laughs> and he's and he's sitting in a um, in a chair, basically trying to blog the news of the assassination and be the first one to put it onto the uh, interwebs there for everybody, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and basically he has like a guy over his shoulder, like talking shit to him, who is his boss, and saying how, how much of a shit employee he is, and that he's never going to get this out in time. Uh, and, and then basically he kind of takes over. He's like, no, move over. I, I'll do this way faster than you. And then he, st- he types this nonsensical, really short fucking headline that goes on the inter- internet and lets people know that, uh, it basically says breaking up dog. Roombo da- dead. Now who clean up? That's the title. Of the, uh, and, 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 you know, you know, dead man for reading these, you know how like they're so with their internet like language and all the short like acronyms and stuff like they, they've always made fun of that. Like in these books, like yeah. the fact that people use that kind of stuff while talking on the internet. So basically they're poking fun at, um, at that again here. And at the end of it, you basically see that his boss takes over, is able to put up the article way better than he has way faster and uh, it gets the attention of all these people. He pretty much calls them a failure. So it seems that Scotty is now in kind of like a rut like his father was in life and in terms of like him not being successful and uh, kind of getting shit on by his boss constantly. What he needs is an alien invasion. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So then in light of all this happening, the gist of it is basically Dave, by the end of this issue, announces that he's going to run for president. Um, and at the same time, the person that's going to be facing off against him for the presidency is some, <laughs> some guy that looks like, an, <laughs> I don't know how to even describe him. He looks like a, like a moron. And, <laughs> and he's basically saying at the end, he says, be right back. Get the fuck out. In my opinion, what the fuck? As a, uh, shake my head first, laugh out loud in like seven L's. <laughs> And he's got like a little emoticon in front of his face that's like wagging emoticon in front of his face that is um, wagging its tongue around. He, <laughs> like he's and he's just like at a press conference. I don't know. It's just a ridiculous character. And basically, this is the person that's going to be facing off against Dave for the presidency. You find out at the end of the issue, and it was okay. I mean, I was just trying to give a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, to be honest, I feel that now with this being the third installment of the Dave series, I really enjoyed this more when they focused uh, solely on Dave as a character. Yeah, and I also like the I also like the Scotty relationship that they started even in the first miniseries. Like, I have no problem with his son. But now, when you get into this issue, the they bounce around even to some new characters, which you've never been introduced to in this, and it's just, you feel that the world has been growing ever since the first miniseries. I guess disturbingly so, because this is the third miniseries, but I, I'm more interested in just seeing the uh, what's going on with Dave, and kind of just spending time with that character, as opposed to 
all these other people, and now, like, in, in scope, it's bigger than ever, he's the president, he's running for presidency, and it, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's gone farther than I, I would have liked them to go, in, in terms of, like, the story, but, yeah. um, yeah, I'm still gonna read it, uh, like I said, it's only, like, a four-issue miniseries, and I do enjoy the Dave, uh, series overall, so I'll, I'll continue with it, but I feel at this point, um, I don't know if I'll revisit it if they continue after this arc, just because, uh, after this, uh, mini, just because, like, like I said, the direction that the series is gone now, I, I, I don't care for everybody else in this book as much as just Dave, and, and, and just like I mentioned with the, uh, um, the problem I was having with the Ghost Rider book, although in a different way, um, uh, Dave is only in this like a few pages, like in the first issue. Yeah. Where like I was starring I would, like, just... Cameo Man. <laughs> yeah, so... new special guest appearance by uh, Dave. Yeah, so so yeah, with a book that's called Daveocracy, I understand you got to have you know he's not going to sit there and talk to himself the whole fucking issue. I understand that, but I definitely would like him to be a little bit more of a, a main character in his own book. Uh, so, but what if it was? So yeah. what, what if like the entire book was actually just Dave <laughs> on a dark stage doing a one man play, and then at the end of it, you reveal that he's actually been at a campaign rally this entire time giving a speech. <laughs> Four issues of that? I don't know if I could take that. No, not four issues, just the first issue. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, that, I guess. Just, just would, like first issue, never ending Dave. <laughs> like, occasionally, occasional, like, flashbacks that? to, like, how he how he got here or whatever, but it's like, oh, yeah. but it's like Dave in the corner the entire time while just, like, up in the corner of the panel, just, like, fucking whatever he is talking about is happening. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. For to drive Bernie yeah. away, go full Tom King. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he could he could do that in this in this in this. I mean, he is a artificial intelligence here. So and then yeah, by, and then by the possible. fucking and then, at the, and then at the very end, it's like and that's why I think you should vote for me for president. And then he just pulls back to see this giant crowd. Scotty just Scotty's just Scotty's just off stage vigorously masturbating. <laughs> that's a, that's another thing they forgot to do. They, there was no masturbation, Scotty, in this issue, which I was surprised about. What about Scotty's boyfriend? A, <laughs> he's not in this yet. You haven't seen him. I like um, that guy. Yeah, I don't know. Did they break up at the in the second series? See, I don't. I, no, I, I no, can't they remember started that dating at the end of the second series. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So we haven't. Like, we haven't like, been in, re- like in the first couple issues of the second series, uh, they were slowly beginning to realize what, how they felt for each other. And then by the end of it, uh, the two of them were just full on dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think we've been introduced to him yet in this issue. I don't remember. I'm just looking at, at it right now. Yeah, I don't I don't think he. Was, what was his fucking name? I don't know. I want to say Brad, yeah. but I feel like that's wrong. The artist is also this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, don't, I just don't re- re- recall. I I remember. You're right. He did start dating somebody. I just don't remember what his name was, and he's he's yet to show up here. But the artist is basically it's the same artist for the other two series. The art's okay. Um, I will say though, in this particular issue, um, it's gotten his art's gotten a lot more detailed. I don't know if that's by design for this particular series or not, or he's just progressed from the first series that we first seen him. But he's gotten. Much better, I would say, the artist. Um, uh, there's a lot of very detailed panels in this issue. Yeah, it looks like he works okay, no, it, is, it is Brad. Yeah. Is it Brad? Okay. Yeah, um, he had the 3D glasses. Yeah. 
yeah, he hasn't showed up yet. Um, but I'm sure that he he will at some point. Yeah, like I said, I don't have no problem with a bigger cast of characters. Like if this is the third series, you should have a bigger cast of characters. But I just think that. Um, what do you think is the robot equivalent to Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The robot equivalent? I have no clue. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think they would do like Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve thing because they don't really have biology and Steve Jobs is kind of a – and Steve is kind of like a holy name. You could say Mac. Maybe it's not Mac and something. Mac and uh, Apple. No, no, it's the same thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, like Mac and like, something. Like the only thing I think of you is like the only thing, the only thing I think of is male and female connectors for like for like fucking electronic components. But that just sounds too on the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean though because they do say like those type of sayings during this series, like the uh, thank Jobs and stuff like that. It doesn't say it, or instead of God, they say Jobs in this, right? Yeah, in this, in these series, yeah. So yeah, what, what, and what, I, I remember, what I would like, what I would like is if there's like a sub religion, like the second most popular religion, where everybody just says thank Wozniak, right? <laughs> like a different church altogether, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Steve Jobs is a false prophet. You must follow the you must follow the true God, Wozniak. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good idea. I'm surprised they haven't haven't done that in this series. That that's the thing they don't. They don't depend only on those type of jokes for the Dave series, though. Like they definitely incorporate them, but I don't think that the series has always been about. Oh no! Like the um, jokes, the jokes yeah. have been very much like the jokes. The jokes are jokes that, for the most part, I think would fly with like human cast members or like or, like something else other than robots. It is like it is the, the, like the thanks jobs thing is just basically flavor. Yeah, it is there to say, hey, this culture of robots is an actual culture. They have their own beliefs and shit, so that that ekes their way that ekes its way into their fucking lexicon. Mm. So yeah, Daveocracy, uh it wasn't bad. I uh I'm going to continue reading it. So if you like the Dave series, I think you'll get something out of it, but uh I definitely wouldn't pick this up if you haven't read any of the Dave series prior to this, just because you won't know who any of these characters are. They definitely didn't do a good job of reintroducing them. It's the third series. They don't really fucking need it at this point. Yeah. No, I know. But I'm just saying if if someone's seen this on the racks and Dave's been off of the actual new release racks probably for a year since the last series and someone picked it up, they probably would have no idea like how to follow this just without doing their own research. Because like, they don't explain like that... They don't go outright, exp- nor, uh, nor should they at this point. You're right. It is the third series. But uh, that's why, just to, just to give a heads up to anybody that it does plan on checking it out. If you haven't checked out, just check out the first Dave series because uh, that's that's probably my favorite one so far anyways. So. Yeah, it's just yeah. called Dave. Yeah. And then I think Dave, the second one's just Dave 2, I think. Yep. It's, All in it's Dave with Dave with a four is the letter A and everything in this. If that annoys you, also, you may not like to read this book because it happens quite often. <laughs> what annoys but, me yeah. about it is, they're using a, is that they're using a style of text that has the four have an open top instead of actually being a folded top so that it looks like – so that it kind of looks like the A and instead is just a fucking – basically a cup. Mm. Yeah. And then I think they use um, eight as Bs and stuff sometimes, yeah. don't they? 
Yep, yeah, it yeah. is leet speak, as the yeah. as the fuckheads on the internet call it. Hmm. So yeah. Here anyway. Yeah. Moving on to my next book, U.S. Avengers. <laughs> I thought you had talked about this, but okay. I have not. All right. First of all, stupidest fucking name for a book. I'm sorry, Bertie. <laughs> I know you're American, but that's that's kind of. <laughs> I never said I liked this book. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm not insulting the states here. <laughs> I'm just mean yeah. that's a that's a stupid well, fucking no, name. Actually, if you, you, should, you should you should insult the states because we, kinda, <laughs> we need people to do it right now because clearly something's not working. Yeah, yeah what if this book had been said in Canada, it would have been called Canada Avengers. <laughs> Well, then wouldn't it have had Sasquatch punching an American in the face going, sorry, boot that? Uh, no, it would have Sasquatch unleashing a, unleashing a horde of Wendigos into the States. Yeah. So this is for taking away Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons is still here. <laughs> yeah, but the States also has it now. Good. <laughs> Spread the you? good word of Tim. <laughs> All right. May the blessing of Horton be upon you, son. <laughs> May the Timbits be plentiful. <laughs> Timbits. Yes, enjoy the ambrosia that is a double double <laughs> for only two fifty. I think we've lost the thread here. <laughs> so, U.S. Avengers. It is. It is New Avengers two. Okay. Yeah, it is Robert Acosta, the uh, Cannonball's oh, friend. Cannonball? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so after he, you um, know, turned AIM into Avengers Idea Mechanics. Sunspot or some shit like that? Yeah, you know? he now has another bright idea. Which is to make America, you know? That's it, really. It just... No good. The, the first issue, the first issue about the team taking down a floating volcano layer. Okay. And it was boring as hell. Oh, I thought you were gonna be like it was stupidly fun. Oh, that sucks. I was hoping that it would be stupidly fun at least. <laughs> There's one character oh. who is pulled straight from Tumblr. Oh God! In the, the worst way. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, like, no, like it's actually really weird because there is another pulled from Tumblr character who I actually really like. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's from Great Lakes Avengers. Her name's Good Boy. Okay. She's a young teenage girl who turns into a werewolf and has a fursona. What? She spends all of her time writing fan fiction about her uh. like fucking various famous dogs. But I like her in that <laughs> cast. Okay. Because she's not fucking all up in your shit about it. She's, yeah, okay. Like, hey, this is part of who I am. If you don't like it, you know, fucking whatever. But I'm just going to fucking do me, dog. Is Squirrel Girl on this team, too? Uh, yeah, she is. Okay. Ugh. <sighs> But anyway, then we have this fucking character who is um, the new Iron Patriot. She is oh, okay. she is of Chinese descent. She has purple hair, and she's a lesbian. 
All right. So basically, Marvel's like, okay, and we need a list of stuff to be inclusive. Yeah, so here is... Ah, just... The final line... The final line that she has in this fucking thing before we see her in the Iron Patriot armor is... Everything you need to know about the character. So she just named Iron Patriot? Yeah, but but so here's the final line... Here's the final line of things she says before we see her in the armor. She says, so yeah, I'm I'm the Iron Patriot now. Deal with it or don't, I guess. All right. (laughs) That is... Everything you need to know about the character. She is any character, any character, any person who says deal with it or don't. I don't care. Very much cares what you think of them. Well, yeah, Yeah, but why would you have opposites? (laughs) Nico hates. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It doesn't help that she is just. She runs a tumbler. I am positive of it. Oh, she's that insufferable. Just the way that she looks, the fucking that bit that she said. Uh, also, the fact that like her Iron Patriot suit, like, hey, yeah, I designed it myself and I wrote all the fucking code for it and shit. But it is just straight up the design of Tony Stark, because apparently no one's allowed to design a robot suit that doesn't look like Iron Man. They also really fucked over Thunderbolt Ross. How so? Uh, so... I just remember the stash. Oh yeah, the stash is there and in full effect. But it actually loses about half of its fucking luster when he turns into Red Hulk. Well, he he usually... Well, wait, he's keeping the stash as this Red Hulk? Yes. Oh, okay. Because in the past, he's actually lost the stash when he becomes Red Hulk. Yeah, like the stash. The stash when he is in um, when he's in like Ross form, it is a full handlebar mustache. It goes all the way down below his fucking chin. It is. Oh, that's great. It is. That's a, great. It is a sight to behold. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of facial hair on my superheroes. <laughs> I yeah. do enjoy seeing it. Yeah, that's when awesome. He, when he turned, bearded Superman was my jam. Yeah. When he turns into Hulk, uh, the the mustache recedes about three inches. It also oh. becomes it also becomes like entirely circular. Like like it does like what I mean is like it has like a curved edge to it so it looks like a fucking moon knight batarang instead of a fucking like handlebar square ass mustache. <laughs> oh that's stupid. That's disappointing. Oh also his sunglasses grow with him. He has of a pair course. of aviators on because you know military. Yeah, yeah. Any crew cut going on still? Uh, looks like it. He's also weirdly laid back. Like there's a panel. He's like chill now. No, He's like, yeah. No, like, <laughs> it is really weird. He flits back and forth. Like there is a panel here where he just straight up is smiling. And I don't like seeing Thunderbolt. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. This is a different right. person. This is a different person altogether. This is a different stern military man with a fucking mustache. I didn't notice because who the fuck is... Why would there be more than one stern military man with a mustache who turns into a fucking red version of Hulk? So it's not Thunderbolt Ross? No, it is General Robert L. Maverick. Huh. 
that makes something about this make more sense. Okay. Because well, that's disappointing. Yes, it is. Because they talk about um, the Hulk plugin, which is essentially this like little LCD clock display on your arm, like built into your skin or some bullshit. There's a holographic display or fucking whatever. And so once a day for an hour, you turn into the Hulk. Oh, so it's like, um, what's that fucking DC guy? Minuteman or whatever? Hour Man. Uh, Hour Man. That's it. Yeah. Minuteman. <laughs> well, there's Minutemen, but Watchmen, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. So, yeah, well, that kind of sucks. I like Thunderbolt Ross. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so he's not in it. It's just his fucking clone. Huh. I guess I, I guess I... I saw Mustache and Red Hulk, and my mind connected the dots. Mm. But apparently this fucking creative team is so creatively bankrupt, they just fucking named a character a different thing. Wow. Look at all the new number one, or new series Marvels we've been talking about lately. It's just fucking our hand in the mark. That's terrible. Yeah, then we got a new female black cat in America from the future or something. Squirrel Girl is there. There's another lady. She's like a Russian figure skater or some bullshit. A Norwegian, sorry. Uh, she has a suit of armor that lets her phase through things. Yeah. The more you talk, dead man, the less I care. Yeah, this sounds very uninspired. Yeah. Um, of all the characters to get like their own little... Uh, they have like little video things that everybody's doing. Like that is kind of their introduction to all these characters. Uh, Squirrel Girl has a panel. Like everybody gets like a couple of pages. Squirrel Girl has a panel. Mm. To me, that says she should say, "I don't need this shit. I have my own book." <laughs> right. Her thing is actually the best. Like, of all of them, it is it is really dumb. It is really stupid because, so what it is, is she's, so Cannonball flies her in along with a squadron of squirrels wearing leather aviator helmets with jetpacks. <laughs> that is yep. funny. That we, is good. We, we, then, we then get her thing, um, which is, so I'm a dual citizen. That's powers of, Can- that's powers of American and powers of Canadian. Also powers of squirrel and girl and comp sci student. She's Canadian? Apparently she has dual citizenship. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> yeah, and so then it's a bunch of squirrels riding missiles. That's awesome. With none of them dying, apparently. <laughs> there are squirrels why fucking... Is that awesome he- why is that awesome here, but in Batman Returns, when Penguin has an army of penguins with missiles on the backs, I just think it's stupid. <laughs> uh, because in Batman Returns, they were trying to be somewhat serious and have the penguin be a f- and having the penguin be yeah. a fucking monster is just it kind of undercuts him be being scary. a monster. Yeah, that was supposed to be scary and dark. Yeah, like like he like he's fucking going around. Yeah. He's fucking bleeding black shit out of his mouth. He looks like a yeah. fucking goblin. <laughs> and then just eh, penguins with fucking rocket packs on them. Yeah. That's some fucking like Burgess Meredith shit callbacks. Meanwhile, this is, I am a girl with the powers of a squirrel. These squirrels are going to fucking take out missiles. And we'll definitely take out Slipknot. Yeah, so... Oh, also, 
dumbest thing about all this is the villain. Because the villain oh, is, yeah. is recruiting yeah, I, fucking actual pirates. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, they are dudes with fucking, like... They are eye dudes, patches? Like. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, they are dudes with eye patches with fucking bandanas underneath, like, weird tricorner hats. They have just fucking white tunics on with fucking bandoliers over them. There's just a fucking old dude in a sailor hat with a big-ass beard smoking a pipe, because fuck it. <laughs> Do any of them say army? Uh, they cut away before they can say that. Uh, because the villain, who is a man wearing some kind of like brigadier's jacket with a cravat and big frilly gloves, also also like the pirate ass boots, is standing in front of like a stage full of gold and like treasure chests and shit yeah. with what I can only describe as a bar wench in front of him. Uh, with the with the amazing, just amazing dialogue of "Get yours, welcome to the Skullocracy," with the Skullocracy being spelled with a dollar sign instead of a skull with instead of an S. Because his skull's made of gold. I don't know. All those things you just described do sound stupidly fun, but... <laughs> it's not stupidly fun. It's just boring. No? All right. The gold best skull. Thing. This is the gold skull, right? Gold yeah, this skull? is the gold skull. Is the... <laughs> the best right. thing I can say about all of this is that Paco Medina is one hell of an artist. Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that's true. This is a fucking gorgeous book to look at. It's unfortunate that, that you happens. have to read it. Yeah. Uh, uh, well. <sighs> I didn't Marvel like. fucking up. I didn't like New Avengers to begin with, so more of that but with good art instead of that weird fucking whatever the hell the original artist for that book was where Squirrel Girl had fucking daggers instead of teeth. But did you need to read New Avengers to have read th- to read this? Nope. Oh, okay. Like it pretty much the, the characters sitting there spell out basically everything that fucking happens. Right. Gives you all the setup you need. Just mm. don't skip over the fucking character name introductions other than like just because you assume you know who all the characters are because they look exactly the same as other characters don't just skip right. over their name tags otherwise you might miss something important oh yeah <laughs> fair enough so yeah us avengers don't read it <laughs> moving on birdie Okay, well, before I forget, uh, happy Image Day. Huzzah! Oh, yes! Yes, happy Image Day. Forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only an hour and a half in the show. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have an image book to talk about tonight, but... Um, actually, no, I do, actually, so I guess I'll do that one for that one next, Southern Bastards. Yes. Um, this Wait. is written for the trade. Wait, what's Image Day? It's 25th, 25th anniversary today of Image Comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel and, like uh, I, I feel like we should celebrate like when Image Comics stopped being shit instead of when they were founded. <laughs> uh, I, that's also... a much more random number. I think that's like yeah, 1990 11 or, or 12 something. years ago. No, not 1990. <laughs> 
<laughs> they didn't. They didn't. They, they didn't get st- stop being shit until the new century. I'm pretty sure. But oh no, sorry, stop being shit. Yeah, no, no, right. Yeah, I guess that's 92. what he. That's what he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Actually, uh, just, I just looked up. Image Comics is exactly one month older than I am. Huh. Um, also, the um, comic shops this week were selling, uh, uh, I think, a few of their titles this month or something for 25 cents. I think Invincible is going to be 25 cents Ooh. as a result of the anniversary, as well as, uh, well, I think it's all the Kirkman stuff. Walking Dead and Outcast are also, I think, going to be 25 cents this month when they come out. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Sorry, Bernie. Yeah, so Southern uh, Bastards is written for the trade. Like yeah, more I than would say any so. more than any image book I've ever read, it is written for the trade. Yeah, <laughs> the I read point it. Where I, every distinct volume ends at a point that's like, you know, that's a good place to end a trade. And looking at the issues for the next volume to come out, you know, they're they're building up for another trade soon, I think. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, just before we go on, I should say, uh, Comixology currently has a sale going on where for 25 bucks you can get 100 issue ones for 100 diff. You can get issue ones for 100 different image books. For 25 bucks? It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, including yeah. Um, Alex and Ada, uh, Bitch Planet, Black Magic, uh, Chew, Descender, Death Vigil. Nice. Fatal. Some good, some good stuff. Yeah, hack slash haunt. I hate Fairyland. All kinds of shit, and they also have a another bundle, which is uh, fifty bucks for twenty five different trades. That's not bad either. Yeah, including the, including <laughs> the first volumes of like Invincible, Walking Dead, uh, Chew, Rat Queens Saga. So. so- Southern Bastards. Southern Bastards. And, of course, everyone's favorite, Morning Glories. Uh, <laughs> so, Bernie. Anyone smell, sad, sad. It, 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 anyone smell toast? Oh, also <laughs> Monstrous. That's good. Yeah, that's a good that's, I read that's a that good after you guys talked to, about uh, it. Morning Loved Glories. it. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Bernie, what happens in Morning Glories? Fuck off! <laughs> I believe it. I, I believe it happened. Yeah, I believe something. that's how. Uh, that's a bit up for debate. <laughs> We're not really sure that anything happened. I didn't say I know it happened. Point. I said I believe. <laughs> well, that's all I really can do with Morning Glories. Just believe. <laughs> Fucking shit! Wasn't that a Nick Spencer book? It was. Yes, it, it was. Is. Yeah. And is I it is it is it's still going? Uh, apparently, I think it's just a major hiatus. I don't read it. I don't know. I just <laughs> I just know that uh, I stopped. I, I, I stopped reading it when the main character who went back in time because of shadows came back into the came back into the fray as a fucking forty five year old teacher at the school. I remember there was some fucking weird light spinning dreidel fucking thing in it, and I don't know what the hell that was. I read a chunk of it. Believe me, I tried to make sense of it. It drove me crazy. I read, like, fucking probably six trades. Yeah, and just so you know, <laughs> that dreidel was actually a magic cork uh, that was being guarded by a ghost boy who was the brother of one of the students. Alright, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> Birdie? Then there was the sports Southern festival. Bust. Oh, God. Uh... 
He's torturing me now. Dude, if I was going to torture you, I would pull up the fucking Nick Spencer Tumblr post where he literally lined out all the fucking plot points. I'd just read that again. Ugh. Does anybody have a flowchart? <laughs> I've actually been meaning to get a cork board so I can just make a murder board of what happens in Morning Glories. Yeah, with all those uh, yarn stretched across everything. Or whatever. Yeah, when... <laughs> Yeah, the next time you guys talk to me, I won't be able to get to the mic because all the fucking string will have tied me to my bed. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, <laughs> so Southern Bastards is deliberately ugly. Yeah. I mean that in every sense of the word. Like, the art is well drawn, but all the characters look distorted and off, and even the good characters... They still have rough edges and kind of violent spikes to their design, so even they look a little ugly. The characters are ugly, the setting is ugly, the story is ugly. It's just like a very ugly Southern Kentucky fried rise and fall story, because it's pretty evident from the way the last volume ends that the main bad guy of the first, that's throughout the series, who is the football coach of this small town in southern Alabama. Yeah, Coach Boss. He's yeah, he's coach yeah, he's made some enemies. Some people really don't like him and the stuff that's allowed him to stay on top of things is starting to slip. So have you guys talked about Southern Bastards before? Do I need to go over the, the plot of the previous volumes? Uh I talked about like one issue once, um, but I don't think Dead Man reads it as far as I know. I do not. I've been meaning to. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Go, so, feel free. All right. So, the first volume um, this guy whose dad was a mean son of a bitch sheriff in this town in like the 50s and 60s, uh, he left for Nam because he decided that was better than Alabama. And he has not come back to the town since, and that was, I can't remember what year it is, but I think it's supposed to be fairly close to present day, so like 50, 60 years ago. Uh, He comes back when his uncle dies and someone needs to round up and clean up the house. And he, of course, immediately starts realizing all the shit about the town that he likes and wants to try to leave as quickly as he can, but he's too nice a person so he ends up helping someone out, and that just gets him into further and further trouble. And he's trying to convince himself, I'm not like my dad, I'm not like my dad, to the point where he even goes to his dad's grave and shouts at it in a storm, trying to cut down the tree that grew out of it, to which a lightning strike hits the tree and blows mm. it up, and his dad's uh, beating stick, which yeah. apparently survived all of that. <clears throat> and... He starts using it around town to try to clean up the local rustlers, as it were. So is this walking tall? And it kind of does not feel really. like that. It, it is first. until the main yeah. character is <laughs> beaten to death at the end of the first volume. <laughs> but but you're right. that It is that in tone for the first volume because he comes back to the town and sees everything's changed and there's a guy that's taken over, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he ultimately fails. He's yeah. beaten to death in the public. No one's ever convicted. The cops just bury it. Uh, 
And the second volume is going into the backstory of how this kid wanted to be a fo- how Coach Boss wanted to be a football player. Discovered that the world's a mean son of a bitch, so you've got to be meaner. To where he shot his own dad in the back of the head, as you do. To be fair, his dad was mean too, but yeah. not as mean. He has his he has his own he has his own uh, blind black. Uh, coach assistant who's helping him or like helping him like try to succeed when everyone's telling him he shouldn't succeed at all but the result of it is that he's become such a twisted sadistic violent person that even the guy who wanted to help him is like oh god what have I done and blows his own brains out so that's a thing how far have you read Nico? I'm up to date. This is actually okay. one that, that I do read in issues. Uh, how shocked were you at the end of that first arc? Because I thought that I was, was, yeah, I was. I mean, that it, got from me. the way the first volume looked, I was like, okay, well, that that's not what I was expecting. Yeah, it kind of re- it it both refocuses it and it also shifts everything, so it's super mm-hmm. it super hazy what who actually the main character is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he, yeah, no, he did a really good job of that. And you have, like, all these factions within the town that have legitimate reasons for wanting to hate Coach Boss and everything he represents. Mm. And that, I'm going to wait for Deadman to get back to talk about this, but that weird fucking issue with the kid in the hospital. Do you remember is what I'm talking about? Is, is this the hallucinating one? Yeah. Yeah. Even after he wakes up? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a messed up book. I mean, it's it's dirty, it's raw. It's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's very visceral. It's grotesque. Visceral, it's yeah. Nasty. No, I know. But it I very much see this as I'm going to only read this in trades. I'm not reading this issue to issue. <laughs> no. It is, I, it's yeah. very clearly designed to be released as Absolutely. trades. And yeah, as such, you, reading the individual issue seems like a stupid idea. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I'm just, I mean, I mean, again, I'm biased because Jason Aaron writes this. You know, I've talked about it on the show uh, yeah, enough times. No, I get it. I get. I, love, I, get I, I get the Aaron love too. Yeah. and I like this. I, I like beautiful. I like the beautiful ugliness of this art style. Yeah, and its ability to go cartoonishly insane, where you have a kid. Thinking about creating an army of uh, psychotic animals to serve as soldiers to topple the guy who beat the one friend he had in town to death. Mm. That's some Jason Latour for that ass. Yeah, so um, you haven't read this, Dead Man. So, in the first, the one thing I left out of the description of the first volume is that there's this kid who likes the old man who comes back to town because he sees he was a nice guy. And hit the response of the local toughs who don't like the old man or this kid is to brain him into a coma. Like, just fucking big stick to the back of the face or whatever? Uh, shotgun to the back of the head. Okay. Or the grip, shotgun grip to the back of the head. And this one, one, uh, big dumb. I guess trying to see himself as a good person guy comes to see him at the hospital. It's like, hey, uh, I heard you like football. Maybe all these football helmets will help you with your concussion if you ever come out of it. Uh, 
And then he makes the mistake of saying, uh, it's like, you know, at least we didn't kill you. I mean, we bashed your friend's brains in in the street, and that's enough to wake him up. But now he's constantly hallucinating about a giant evil chicken. As you do. I mean, image release chew. Telling him, yeah, and this evil chicken's telling him to build an army of creatures to service his soldiers to to topple um, Coach Boss. Yeah, and he kind of looks like um, a demented-looking, um, you know, the Looney Tunes character. What's his name? Um, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, yeah. He kind of looks like a demented version of him. Um, yeah. I found, uh, which was also pretty cool yeah. for that uh, issue. I think that's the only issue that um, the tour also wasn't the artist on. They brought somebody else in who's uh, who's a much different style, but it worked for that story. So yeah, is. Is Coach Boss the main character? I don't know. It yeah. seems like it focuses on him, but the entire third volume is basically focused on people who have shit against him. Mm. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the that's yeah. Go on. Because like there's a, there's an issue where um, we cut back to um, what's his um, the the guy who was beaten to death um, with the daughter. Uh, it, the main guy who's uh, who came back, the old man, was beaten to death in town. His daughter just got back from Afghanistan, and she is the uh, black child of a oh, mixed Earl. race family. I think it's Earl, isn't it? Is it Earl? Uh, uh, yeah, Earl the, was his name. I can't. Earl remember. Tubbs. Earl Tubb. Yeah. Yeah, Earl Tubbs. I can't remember the girl's name, but um, his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the art from the evil foghorn leghorn thing was Chris Brunner who I'm not familiar with. No. But um, there's this issue with this crazy survivalist guy who has his uh, key who was out without sin moment while covered in rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the dude that's in like in the bayou or something like yeah. that? Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's just out in the woods. He's like, like a survivalist. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's, right. he's like this guy that everyone in town knows about and knows not to really fuck with because yeah. everyone knows exactly what he'll do. Yeah. Because this whole thing is hunting, and he's shown before he's just as willing to hunt people as animals. Did you? I don't. I don't know if without spoiling much, because uh, I, I don't know. What was collected up to it by the third issue? Did you see the issue where they basically give you like a little vignette, like um, like a, a one page look at all these characters that are in the town that you have yet that know nothing about as of yet? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. The la- the last thing I read was uh, Earl's daughter driving to oh, town okay with the with the giant yep. assault rifle because in addition to her being upset about what happened to her father, uh. A white yep. boy in Alabama tells her, "You're an inward person. I don't need to listen to an inward person." Mm. Yeah. No. Did, it's, wait. Did uh, you say inward or n-word? And inward. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> saying the word. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to, <laughs> hilariously enough, for me. Um, there's a never mind, never mind. There's something different. I can talk about that later. But uh, yeah, so this book, it's ugly in every sense of the word, and 
if you like dark, disturbed stories about characters that are fucked in the head, yeah. the good ones, then you will enjoy this. But I will reiterate over and over again, don't read the individual issues because this is the most designed yeah. for the trades book <laughs> I've seen in a long time. I know I'm ca- I'm caught in the issue cycle, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, and there was a there was yeah. a Jason Aaron sale a few weeks back where I got the first three trades oh, nice. for three bucks a piece. So Ooh, uh, nice. So, so you like it? It sounds like yeah. I I like it. I'm 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 hoping it doesn't drag out too much longer because what it feels like to me right now is like a Macbeth type of story mm-hmm. where Coach Boss was someone no one thought would succeed, and he has now succeeded, but. The costs mm. he and he endured succeeding are come are about to come back and bite him in the ass. Mm. Well, I don't know if you ever read. Um, Jason Aaron did a, a book at Vertigo uh, called Scalped, which was pretty much I've a, heard of it. yeah, it, which was very good, and uh, it was basically a, a book about like an Indian reserve and uh, uh, and, and Native Americans and the um, and basically the. Um, it's a, another crime, a gritty crime type story similar to this. But uh, what he did in that one, he's also doing, it seems like in this one, like the way he writes it is that um, he, there's all these characters that he kind of does these uh, stories along the way, like Coach Boss, where he kind of just uh, focused on them for a bit. And then he diverts from them and goes and focuses on another another character. And like it, ma- it makes you wonder um, as you are reading it, like, how bad these people really are like they make he makes you feel for certain characters at times and like oh yeah i can understand why he's such a dick look what happened to him in his life but then he does something fucking horrible again and you're like no this guy is evil like there's a reason yeah, why no, yeah. <laughs> i mean even in uh even in southern bastards there are characters yeah that i obviously like more than others even amongst the birds sure. but even but the book is very clear to say no, even if they're the even if they're not as bad as some of them are, there's they've they even some of them have admitted no I like this like the sheriff guy he says to himself um, everyone knows those moments in life where they need to step up or step back and they're the moments that really define you they're not necessarily big moments they're small moments but you know mm-hmm. them when you come to them I have made the absolute wrong decision at every single one of those times right yeah. No, so, yeah, no, it's strong. I mean, it's Jason Aaron, so of course it's strong character writing. Right. But uh, it's the stories. It's it's one of those stories where it's sort of painting a portrait of a place as much as it is about specific characters or a narrative. Mm. And that's working for now. But I I feel like everything that he's built is coming to a head. So it either has to end after either this next arc or the arc after that, or it has to shift focus ridiculously mm-hmm. which it could do because like the wire did that where after a season right they completely shift focus to something else right so i wouldn't be opposed to that but this current story needs to start wrapping up pretty soon i think yeah because it's kind of played all of its cards and it's set up for the one last big trick but i don't mm. if if it goes on much longer it's going to feel like it's dragging itself out yeah, no, I think he's going to go somewhere else, like you said, because that's normally how he does it in uh, these type of stories I've found. But, uh, yeah, I know I'm glad you liked it, just because I wasn't sure if you would, because um, there's not really many likable characters in that sense. Like you said, it's an ugly book, and, but I just felt that, yeah, the, it's no, so well written. Most of the time with characters, with books I don't like because the characters are unlikable, 
it's either because they're not written in a way that I'm supposed to see why they're Compelling. unlikable, or right. they expect you to like them, even though they're unlikable. And to me, the, it, to me, books, I, it's easier for me to like a book with likable characters that isn't that well written than a book with unlikable characters that's not well written. That gets mm. into, like, Suicide Squad territory of, I just don't give a shit. Mm. Yeah, fair. Yeah, no, it makes sense. What with Joker's cholo tattoos on his hand. <laughs> what are we, face. some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> Y'all jokers must be crazy. That fucking laugh. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, he lies back in that fucking room full of weapons. Sounds like a dying <laughs> giraffe. <laughs> yeah. So Suicide Squad coming right. soon. <laughs> you know All we right. have to, Birdie. Hey, I'm not suggesting it this time because you're you did you did BVS extended it to yourself. I'm, I know you did that to torture me, but I think you tortured yourself more. <laughs> I did that to Cora. <laughs> Didn't I? No, remember. No, the that month you just Snyder month because you're trying to hurt me. No matter what I do, it's I'm just, hurting myself. <laughs> yeah, you were just upset because that month was designed to hurt me and I was only there for half of it. I was there for less than half of it. I got two movies in. It was a five week month. Eh. <laughs> I, count, I, I count BBS as two parts. Okay, then. Well, anyway. So, anyway, I've disrupted the rhythm. Nico. <laughs> yeah, Nico. What else you got? Find the book. All right. So, uh, yeah, in uh, celebration also of uh, Image Month. Uh, I've read the last volume a couple weeks ago, sadly, uh, of Chew. Uh, it ended fucking weird. Yeah, so I remember... You don't say! <laughs> no, like, weird remember... for Chew. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, uh, Bertie, do you read the series at all, or no? Bertie? Is he gone? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I'll try to be somewhat spoiler-free, maybe, for people that want to read the series. Um, it, it, it's, been, it's been like a fucking month or so. Like, the trade's already yeah, out. That's true. So, so, I remember when you, spoiler when you enough, finished so just Spoiler it. at the top, just like skip ahead ten minutes if you don't want to spoil it for the end of Chew. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't have too many thoughts on it, so... Um, so I remember when you finished the series, uh, uh, I had asked you about it, and yeah, that, that was basically your answer, and I said, wait for me to read this, because I read it in trade, so we can talk about it. Um, so, I I felt this was pretty tame for Chu, this ending, right? Like, it ended on a weird note, but yeah, at the it same didn't, time... Like, it didn't... It was, it did, well, there wasn't any real closure to it. It didn't feel like an ending. No. It just felt like, dun-dun, and then... Fucking right. That's it. Fuck. Fuck you, late. Fuck you, nerds. <laughs> Essentially, there's almost like a Planet of the Apes style ending of some sort, where he, uh, 
where Tony Chu they 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 they, they flashed uh, they jumped to the future. I'll yeah, explain yeah. So, what when every, everything happened after. Uh, unless you were about to, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll feel explain. free to jump yeah, in. I'll feel so, free if you want to jump yeah, in. Yeah. So, um, the alien writing that popped up in the sky, um, that was from an advanced race of aliens who didn't want people on planets to eat chicken because once you stop eating chicken, then you are technologically advanced enough to be able to join the intergalactic society. Right. Uh, and the way they went about doing this was they had, um, was they had um, Amy, uh, I believe her name, uh, Tony's girlfriend. I think that Amy is his daughter, isn't it? No, Olive's his daughter. Uh, oh, yeah, or t- Tony with an I. Is- That's his sister. Sister, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah Amy is his girlfriend. Then I, I think that was her name. Yeah, she, so she like she like she, um, had, she had, yeah, she had the power to basically write things, and uh, as a result of her writing food reviews and things like yeah, that. Yeah, matter, she, she uh, was able, she was able to write about food yeah. with such a degree of fucking descriptiveness and perfection that people could taste the food. Right. That power, much like every other food based power, began to evolve, and become much more powerful. And it got to the point where she had to write something in order to kill everybody in the world who eats chicken. Yeah, and therefore uh, essentially uh, saving the human race as a result because then the fire in the sky would disappear and then they wouldn't wipe out the entire planet. But except for the people that all eat chicken because they wanted to take revenge out on pe- uh, people that eat chicken because it's bad, apparently. I don't know. We, I don't even think we figured out why that was, though, did we? I, I, I don't think they explained it. The reason fully. chicken was so bad was because the alien race that left the writing were chickens. No, I know. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, which you find out at the end. Right. So go ahead. Yeah. 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 So she writes that out and dies because uh, she, she strained herself too much. Mm. So Tony eats either it or her. He eats her ear, I think. Yeah, and then spreads out like this fucking shockwave that just anybody who has chicken in their system dies. Amelia, that was her name. Amelia, that's right. Yes, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yes, yeah. So they, uh, yes, yeah, so like he like sends out like a message, like a shockwave that kills everybody with chicken in their system. Mm. Flash forward like 20 or so years. Yeah. And the world is now at like the fucking peak of technology. They have fucking hover cars and shit. There are like weird semi-human things. Uh Olive is a Olive is an agent of the FDA now. Yeah. I think Tony's like in charge of it or something. Yeah, and uh his old boss, the one with the sweaty armpits, is yeah. still there with Apple them. At the, uh, Crap. A- Apple. Yeah, and um, Appleby. What's his name? Caesar, the black guy, is also there with them at the end. Yeah, and uh, so, space, and so, like, yeah, and so, um, they, Olive, yeah. so like Olive's like go, Olive goes home, talk to her uncle, and she notices that the chocolate dagger that she carved many many years ago is gone. At which yes. point, a giant egg-shaped spaceship lands on the ground, and then three chickens walk out. They're like, hello, yeah. we come in peace. We, you have reached the pinnacle of fucking whatever. Welcome to the Intergalactic Society. And then Tony just fucking bum-rushes one of them and stabs him, staring him in the fucking face, and then it just ends. 
Yeah, well, no, not even the face. He jumps up, he hurls at him, and they yell out his name. His boss just yells out Chew, and it's just like a two-page thread of him jumping at the chicken and basically stabbing him in the chest. No, no, he stabs him in the chest, like, but he's, like, fucking up in his face, just like, Ur. Yeah. And, like, like the, the final, yeah, page, yeah, both, final page is a, like, single-page, just splash page sure. of chicken yeah. looking like, what the fuck? And Tony, like, fuck you, jackass. Right. And, I mean, the only thing I gobble, can make, Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. And that's how it ended. And the only thing I could make sense of for them to end on that note is almost as as if to say, like, what was it all for? Like, he, fa- he turns out like it's just fucking a bunch of alien ch- a ch- a chicken race that and this is basically why, like, all my loved ones died because of you and you fucked up my life. Like, that's the thing. That's what I meant by like a planet of the ace. Like, like he just got driven mad by the fact that this is now the future. I get that. It's just that's right. the note they end on. I know, I know. Yeah, like, and and it, and and you know, it's always been a a, um, a book that was very comical with um, dark uh, undertones. I would say, like, there was definitely a bunch of dark stuff that happened, like messed up stuff that happened in this book. Oh but yeah, it always this balanced, book got balanced fucked. it well. But it always balanced it well with the with the art and the jokes and the background stuff. But then this this um this last volume though. And and goddamn it, I, 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 my favorite character at the end of by the end of this, honestly, is Agent Colby, his partner. I love that character. I think, Colby's pretty good, honestly. I love I love Cole. I I love the fact that he was ha- was having sex with the boss, who's gross for some weird Dude, reason. Dude, he had, he had sex with fucking everybody. No, I know, but but the fact that he kept going getting into bed with him, yeah, for he, some got, he got married reason. to him. Right, and then and then um, and then the fact that he's half android, and the fact that he basically, even though he knew that this was going to happen, it was his idea for Tony. He willingly goes out and eats a fucking chicken meal <laughs> before <laughs> he tells Tony, "Listen, you have to do this. Um, you have to go through with uh, Amelia's plan and basically uh, kill everybody but, but eating no, chicken." It, and even then- though it wasn't Amelia's plan, it was Savoy's plan. Oh, that's right. Savoy yeah. was still in his head because he ate Savoy. Yeah, right? he, he ate Savoy, and Savoy's like, hey, so right. you need to, your wife needs to fucking write out this shit, at which point she will die, and then you need to eat her right. and fucking spread out that message because fucking that, the food powers. Yeah. And then, and, but he, will, <laughs> he willingly eats the fucking chicken meal before going to speak to him about this, and then, like, as he's laying there dying, because he's like, what do you mean? He's like, what did you do? You ate chicken? He's like, yeah, I just like chicken. He's like, whatever. <laughs> He just, he, he, you know, he just stood by the fact that he liked chicken. He didn't fucking care. And he, he just, like, sacrificed himself almost, like, in some stupid final decision. I don't know. I just really like that character. Agent Colby was, uh, I, I, I really think that, that, that his exit out of this book, like, him dying was sad. But at the same time, he did it to himself. So it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just, he just willingly ate his last meal of, uh, fried it's chicken. It's like, and like chicken's good, it. you guys. <laughs> Peace. And um, that hug, what was his name? Huggy Bear or whatever? That black D-Bear. guy? <laughs> D-Bear. <laughs> he, uh, Huggy Bear is the guy from like uh, that, that show, um, <laughs> what's uh, Starsky and Hutch, actually. I think it is. D-Bear was there and he, he obviously got killed because he was always eating chicken. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you're right. It wasn't the ending. I wouldn't say it was a bad ending, but it wasn't a great ending in the sense that. It was totally not what I was expecting was or wanted because, like you said, there was not much of a closure for um, for a book that went on so long, right? Yeah, so 60 issues. Yeah. So, so it wasn't good or bad. It was just defuck. fuck? 
not even to fuck, just like, like, yeah. like in context, it, just, it, it all made sense. Yeah. Yes. Like they, they tied up every loose end, I think pretty much in this last volume, reading it in trade. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just like, yeah, like, Hey, yeah, yeah you, you sort it all up and that's it. Just fucking, but you know how, yeah, but you know how some writers, when they write these 60-issue things, they're like, oh, I started with the ending. I had the ending in mind, and I just worked my way there. This is almost as like, this was, the the journey was more enjoyable than the destination, I felt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. felt, it just kind of like, it just ended, and I was not unsatisfied, but I, I definitely wanted more, I think. Like like I said, it was satisfying in the sense that they tied up all the loose endings, uh, but and um, but then to end on that note of him just stabbing the fucking chicken, it was weird. It was very odd, odd choice. So I, I, I mean, I love Chew. I love this series. Uh, I think the most exciting thing that we can agree on is the fact that uh, Rob Guillory, the artist, now is going to be working on new projects. So yeah, that'll be great. He's always he's always been an artist I've really liked and. To see him after sixty issues, basically his whole career working working on this book, and now being able to branch out and do new things, I think that uh, that's exciting in itself. Uh, same with like, uh, for example, like uh, what, what we've talked about it before, the um, guy on Invincible, Ryan Otley. Yeah, like he's been on that fucking book for what, like more than ten years, probably, right? So, yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, so yeah, I'm excited to see what he does next. John Layman's a serviceable writer. I can't say I read everything he does, but Chew was a fun book. I he does I other had... stuff? Yeah, he did that Cyclops uh, after Greg Rucka left it. Uh, I remember liking that. The one with the young Cyclops, not the Oh, yeah, Space Pirate Chip's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote, he wrote that after, I think, Rucka left the first arc, which he did a good job at that. And um, he's written other things, but like I said, not many things I've actually read. So, um, so yeah, uh, Chu oh, he was worked good. On, he worked on Batman Eternal. Okay, that's the good one, right? Not yes, it is. The, uh, the okay. shit one is Batman and Robin Eternal. Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, the other great thing I would uh, point out also is in the last uh, trade of uh, Chu, you get the last. Um, chicken pollo uh little one shot that they did along the uh, the way in the series that you always enjoyed uh this one was the demon chicken pollo which is i think the third in the like trilogy of pollo he goes he goes to hell and fights satan (laughs) yeah (laughs) which those are always fun and what i like about it is that (laughs) pollo (laughs) what i like about it is that they include it in the trade but they actually throw it in the middle of the trade so something dramatic happens and and i think it's right after amelia um uh, uh, dies um and then they they they, they, they <laughs> as soon as you flip the page it's like oh a little interlude uh demon uh, chicken polio you know what I mean? <laughs> so i was like oh okay that's fun like i like how they they threw it in there and and uh just to kind of break the tension of uh of the horrible shit that john layman did that's what they always do <laughs> just fucking yeah. fucking like hey this fucking horrible shit happened meanwhile poyo is fucking fighting <laughs> right. he's fighting poseidon out in the middle of the sea that being said, I would have liked to see him in that final scene with them all. Oh yeah, I, fucking, I'm, fucking! I would, right? I would love it if Poyo was, if, if like fucking, if it was like he went up to Stabs Buddy and then Poyo was just like fuck yeah, and then like fucking uses his talons and cuts another one, the fucking chick, space chicken's heads off. Mm. Just like Stabs, and all of a sudden a portal to hell opens up and Poyo just descends. 
So yeah. And then just go, and then, and then like fucking disembowel somebody. <laughs> that one- and, then, and, then it just, and then it just ends with the fucking massacre of fucking space chickens as to- as Tony and fucking Poyo get in their hover car and go off into the sunset to fight crime. So, you know, that would have been a much better ending in my opinion. <laughs> I would have yeah, loved just to see something that. something else, something that... See, like, like, him stabbing that-, that guy is not an end point. But but that's the thing. I also thought that the ending was going to be more comical. Like it was just going to like if it ended on a comical note, like something like that, and everyone just like kind of like shrugged their shoulders, like oh that Tony Chew, you know, like something like that. Like I would have like liked that more. Yeah, just everybody, yeah. Everybody, just everybody yeah. hands on hips, just poyo. Yeah, <laughs> no, honestly, I would have enjoyed that more. Bloody, yeah, he just like shrugs and turns the audience. But don't you think in tone, though, that would be more like this, what this book was if it ended somehow like that? Like some absurd, nonsensical ending like that, but like kind of like a, at the, like they wrapped. If, if this ended earlier, maybe, but the last few arcs, it has been leaning right. heavily into Serious. the darker side of things. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. This, this whole last trade, actually, I would say, it definitely was. Like the, the only levity you got was the, um, from, was the polio one shot in this and, you know, like I said, like small things here and there that you might find funny, like the background jokes and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, this this last arc was pretty straight uh, forward uh, in terms of uh, not enough comedy. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was good. I still like the series. I still suggest checking it out if you haven't. It's all collected now. So um, true. Yeah, it was a fun series and definitely checking out for the next thing that they apparently they said they are going to work together on something in the future again. So. Um, yeah. Look forward to that. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. We were on to my last book. Started reading the Peter David Supergirl series. <laughs> I heard that you guys talked about this. I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I started. I started trying. It's I, fucking I just, weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. This would be a good to fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. So it this is a I get where you're coming I get where you were coming from, Birdie, with uh with, like I remember I remember you said like uh with in that in that first in like the first few issues you weren't really sure who was talking during the internal monologue. Yep. And giving it a read, I think it's a ghost in the shell kind of thing. Like at like after uh like after Kusanagi fuses with the fucking puppet master or whatever and they become a new thing. Yeah, I'd be willing to go with you on that if there weren't scenes where it felt like the two sides were arguing about what the correct path is. Well, they did just fuse. Okay. So, like, it, did you read just the first issue or the first full volume? Just the first issue so far. I have a bunch of other issues ready to go. Have fun with that. Yeah, <laughs> this is. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not man. really, not really sure of how to describe it. Yep. Yeah. Now, welcome to my world. <laughs> I felt so bad listening to you in that episode. <laughs> I'm like, wow, he's got a big task ahead of 
here trying to explain this. It also doesn't help that like I wasn't real. I wasn't. I'm not really following. I, I I don't really know or like know what was going on with Supergirl prior to this. Well, I do, but it doesn't help because <laughs> like. No, like, uh, like, uh, like, basically, so Supergirl shows up. It's like, oh, is she dead? We don't know. But isn't this after Supergirl died? So is this the angel or is this? Yeah, well, see, here's the. She goes. I I talked about this on on the podcast, but it's kind of hard to explain. Where Kara Zor El died in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes, that was established. Now, someone used, I think, angelic protoplasm. Of a being called Matrix to make a sort of clone of Supergirl that thinks it's Supergirl, but doesn't really, but knows it's not really Supergirl because it doesn't see itself having a soul. And that's expounded upon in this series. And that was kind of the 1980s series post Crisis on Infinite Earths before this started. Okay. And. Now this protoplasmic angel has fused with a human to become something else. <laughs> so you see what I mean about knowing not really helping? Yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued. For, for, for the record, Bertie, um, after you had spoken about it and the first trade just got collected, I read the first trade. I, I can't say that I... The best thing that I took away from your conversation on that episode was, you're like, I like it, but I couldn't really tell you why. Because <laughs> I was like... Because I wouldn't say I disliked it, but I didn't love it. And it definitely is so fucking weird that it's hard to appreciate everything that's going on but you but i've heard it's it gets better as the series goes well i mean i know where it goes okay and it's going to it's going to stay weird for a while Hmm. and it stops being as weird once it starts tying into the dc the dc animated universe because about halfway through its run it switches to where, like, the Matrix aspects of her powers mostly disappear, and it's mostly just Kara Danvers running around in the Supergirl outfit with the weird white gloves and the white Supergirl t-shirt and red cape that you remember from Superman the Animated Series. And then she becomes and, an angle. Yeah, and then she has her own proto prevent crisis on infinite earth's worst case scenario thing from happening where Kara Zor-El is brought back through a time warp and a time being wants to prevent this from happening so the there can only be one rule comes out and Kara Danvers sacrifices herself (laughs) and the she goes back in time and marries Superman. And they have a fucking kid. Uh-huh. What? What the fuck? Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I don't have. A, I don't have a lot to say about this book because I don't really have a lot of thoughts because I haven't spent enough time thinking about it to actually formulate cohesive thoughts. Right now, they're just kind of amorphous blobs. That's about what this book does to you. 
I want like to Gary read more. Frank, the Gary Frank art looks very different at this time, too, to what he turned out to be. Like, it also looks real fucking good. Yeah. The art? No, 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 I'm not saying the art's bad. I just, it just, his style's just much different at this time than what it turns out to be, like, now. Well, like, yeah, it's, could, v- it's very early 90s. Time. Yeah. And, well, early to mid-90s, when everything was in the DC dark period, or the, the just comics dark period. But I've read comics from this period, and some of them might look like this, but never to this extent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense to you, dead man. Kind of. <laughs> then it's like looking at it like like fucking panel composition, shading wise, coloring, it all is very much of its time, and I actually really like that. I actually really like the that's the thing that's the thing I never really think about a lot unless I really like it. Or really hate it. Which is like the coloring and shading and stuff. And I really like what they did with it here. Yep. You know, pencil pencil work is all great too and whatever, but fuck it. Peter Davis, Supergirl. It's going to get weirder. It's available in (laughs) trades. If you don't have a lot of time on your... If you have a lot of time on your hands to think about this shit... You can if find you something get, in it. If, if, if you want a book that's going to leave you pensive. I don't... Yeah, I think the... I don't know if the second volume's come out yet, but I know the it's, first that one's comes out. comes out in April. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've, I got... I read the first volume. And, uh, yeah, to be decided... tries to drain her angel powers. Hmm. You know. And, and what was that weird fucking thing where somebody... Who was the guy that went inside, like, that guy who was pretending to be her boyfriend? Like, body? Like, what the hell was that all about? Like That's that, a demon. Uh, there was a cat demon, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was. If it was if it was in the first volume, like, first set yeah. of, like, 12 Spe- issues... Speak- speaking of warped logic, um, Supergirl defeats a giant cat demon lord by making it bleed to attract dog demon lords. You know. <laughs> As yeah, you that's do. what I mean. It's a really fucking weird book. Peter David's a good writer, though. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's good. That, that, that's as proof of that. Like, I still want to read this despite having no idea what the <laughs> hell is happening. Yeah, I, I'm undecided whether or not I'm going to pick up the next volume at this time. But if we're all going to talk about it, I might. <laughs> Because yeah, it's worth it's worth talking about. That's how fucking odd it is. <laughs> so, Bertie, final Bertie, book. Are you okay? <laughs> All right, dude. I uh, I guess you're okay. The <laughs> amount of shit that I've read, <laughs> it's going to take a lot more than stuff. this to break me. Okay, but you still sound like you you weren't quite expecting what you got. Yeah, like, it, I was thrown for a bit of a loop, and I was confused by it, but it's not like I'm going to be fucking sitting here, and all of a sudden I'm just going to fucking come back in a couple minutes later, like, oh, hey, sorry about that, what happened? My brain stopped. Okay. I I read Whom Gods Destroy more than once. Uh, I think I'm good. You're welcome. <laughs> Fuck that book. <laughs> You never finished it. No, still, fuck it. I read. I think I read like two and a half issues. That was bad enough. <laughs> you fucking pansy. 
It's <laughs> too much Why dialogue. Why has torn that book apart yet? I would have. That's not everything that happens. I would assume it was up his alley. Well, I head over to his Patreon and ask him to take a look at it, and then we can have him. And we can have another episode where he fucking starts this thing on the floor with a bottle of whiskey. Uh, new Marvel. Anyway, it, it kind of, it kind of um, would be like fucking. <laughs> it makes about as much sense as Marville. <laughs> it's about as respectful to its characters as Marville. Yeah, but it doesn't start off as a stupid joke or as a bet, dude. It, it starts it, off as it dude. Starts it off starts off, as Chris off at, getting into Grant Morrison's stash, motherfucker. It starts off and ends as a stupid joke. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, you see, it's a joke that I don't get, so they have to explain it. And if you have to explain the joke, there is no joke. <laughs> no, there is a joke. It's a really bad one. Anywho. <laughs> All right. So what the fuck was I even talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> um, Are you okay? I'm okay. <laughs> I, it's like, oh. Okay, something more sensible, I suppose. Dead inside. Yes. Or, uh... Or, no, I think I phrased that wrong. Dead inside. Okay. Wait, dead comma inside? Yeah, basically. Because um, the premise of the book is that a murder has been committed in prison. Oh, my ward... And so the main character is the a detective for the jail crimes division. Oh and my ward. Despite the fact that uh this is should be relatively close and shut case, it's because like from the looks of things, a man stabbed a guy to death repeatedly with a knife and then hung himself. Things look a little less a little more complicated than that. Just a bit. Like how the detective for the jail crimes division asks for a talk screen because she sees on the video camera footage of the guy of the, guy, of the murderer taking something before he kills himself. And they're like, uh, no, we don't need to do that. It's like they, He killed the guy, he killed himself, why do we need a talk screen? And so... Because you're a no cop, motherfucker. Op- so there's no autopsy, there's no crime scene, and because this is a busy prison, everyone was like, eh, fuck, we don't need to maintain the crime scene, we'll just clean it up. <laughs> so this detective was like, oh, god fucking damn it. <laughs> I, you, why do you people want me to do my job if you don't want me to do my job? <laughs> we need some excuse to pay uh, you. Yeah, her Luke. She even has this. Uh, I can't. I think. Uh, what is her name? I think like Linda Caruso. Linda Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know that's intentional because because this book is from the writer of Rumble. <laughs> oh, John Arcudi. John Arcudi. Yeah. Oh, okay. And. Um, her, 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 she's telling, asking her, why did you make me a, make me take the detective badge? I was fine being just a sheriff's deputy. It's like, 
Well, excuse me for trying to help your career. It's like, well, if you want me to be a detective, why did you stick me in a place where no one wants crime solved? It's like, well, excuse me. Princess. But um, from the looks of things, the detective in question, of course, this being a cop drama, is dealing with some shit. Her her ex-husband just came to her and said, hey, I'm marrying someone else. Uh, She's apparently either depressed or an alcoholic. Maybe both. It's hard to tell. For an alcoholic, she can't hold liquor very well. Um, It's... Something is fucked up with her. And it's it's not helping that everything about this case suggests that it's supposed to look this way. Why is no one investigating it even the tiniest bit? To where, like, the warden told the Emmy not to do an autopsy. The... Her, her detective, basically, her detective boss said, hey, open and shut case. We called you in for this, even though we didn't really need to. Have at it. <laughs> it's like, okay, so, so I have this, oh, no, no, don't ask that. I need to talk to you, no, don't ask that. And on and on and on, until we get our first real clue of what might have happened. And so the thing that the guy uh, swallowed wasn't a pill, it was a flattened bullet. Wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me. What? He ate a. He swallowed a bullet. Yep. And not like a unfired one, like one that had been shot and like hit something hard enough to flatten the head. He swallowed it. Okay. I don't know why this happened. But, and I'm not sure what this clue means, but, you know, it's one of those mystery novel type, oh, that's interesting. What does this mean? Hopefully it leads to something good and not just something super disappointing. But that's always the thing with mystery stories. It's all about, you have to, I think stories that rely on the reveal have to have a, a good ending. Like, the middle can be kind of uneven sometimes with those kinds of stories but if you have a good beginning and a good end you're set when you get to the end of the book it's going to turn out it was all space chickens and linda cruz is going to stab one of them that would be strange and speaking of strange the art for this book is weird like i don't even know how to describe it the weirdness of this book because i mean okay so this is an image this is dark horse but, I mean, Dark Horse can hire the same kinds of people to do indie books as Image or Boom Studios or IDW. Yeah. So it's not uncommon to have books that seem like, excuse me, they would be weird. But yeah, this artist... artist who, this artist worked on Veil. Yeah, which oh, is a weird-looking book. He also yeah. worked on Lobster Johnson, apparently. Lobster Johnson. So, That's... This is the artist that's like really friggin' like abstract looking art. Like it's abstract very, and absurdly detailed. To where yeah. it's just it's weird how much detail there is in faces sometimes. Like when you're talking to the warden of the prison, you're sitting next to him and you see like breakdowns of of shadows on his face from the sunlight coming in through the window. It's absurd how much detail there is, or like the, all the little bits of viscera and blood from the giant stab wound this guy got through the belly, 
and shit like that. And you see all, and you even see grooves on like the bullets. That you, you even see gro- grooves on the bullet on an X-ray of the inside of a guy's stomach. So the art is can be super detailed, but the faces are weird. <laughs> yeah. You just look at me an image but, of the art in Veil and. Those eyes. Those are fucking Hal Jordan-ass eyes. Yeah. They will haunt you. Yeah, I just... I'm curious. I'll put it that way. Like, I like a good mystery story anyway, and I'm not sure where they're going with these characters, but it's just... Oh, this art is so weird. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, yeah. Because like, no, I, re- I remember Veil, and yeah, that was odd. Let's see if I can find a good inside image to sort of dictate it. Uh, this one might work. If it's in good enough condition. Yes. But, yeah, it's just... I don't... I think I actually... Looking at the pictures now, I think I know what might have actually happened. That cause both the bullet and the killing, but it's one of those, ooh, I'm trying to play detective, who goes, I could be wrong, mm. but let's see if that plays correctly. But, um, so yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. What is, up, what is up with this Lord Farquaad-looking motherfucker? Kind of reminds me of the Max a little bit, too. I can see uh, that kind of not 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 as good as that art, well, but the, the definitely Max, the thing about the Max is that everything looked kind of intentionally hazy. Mm. Yeah, this is this is sort of like everything has a darkness to it that just even in the sunlight you can't escape. Like mm. the shadows on people's faces at in broad daylight is kind of shocking. Is book. is the background supposed to be dark like that? Like, is he in the dark in this scene, or like? Uh, I think it is at night in a jail cell, so it should be fairly dark, I guess. Okay. I, if this is the scene I'm thinking of, yeah, but, yeah. So this is this art's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of weird, and on an entirely different tangent, uh, I just found out about a comic called Angel Catbird. Yeah, yeah that's I've heard the of Margaret that. Margaret Atwood one. What the fuck is this? Yeah, I don't know. But again, yeah. like the, I, the veil, I can understand that being weird and abstract from because from sure. what I've heard of the premise of that, it it allows for that kind of thing. But this is supposed to be a mostly grounded police procedural. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that it, it definitely shouldn't have art yeah. like like this, if that's the case, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I'm not saying it might work, I don't know, because like I mean there are tri- there are trippy ass police procedurals. Look at Hannibal. But um That's true. It I'm just I'm not i I'm not sure what direction they're going with the with these art choices. And yeah. I, I guess it depends on the kind of story they're trying to tell. So yeah, I'm decent first issue. I might read a couple more just to see where it goes. No, alrighty then. Alright. So, another problem reading then. On to news. So, uh, we only have one piece of uh, comic comic news. And that is... Uh, so, you might remember last time we told you that Marvel uh, was planning on changing its uh, digital code redemption kind of program that it had for 399 comics... 
starting in February. Whereas before, it would be you buy a comic and then inside was a digital code for the comic you bought. What they're going to be doing now is you buy a comic, there's a digital code in there, which gives you a sample of some of the comic books that Marvel currently has out going. You know, so instead of like, hey, I got this thing, but now I have this, hey, I got this thing, but now I have this other thing so I can sell this back. And now it's, oh, I have this thing. And then I got some bullshit tied into Civil War 2 because fuck me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC saw that and decided, and decided, hey, Marvel, that idea you had before, that was pretty good. We're going to take that now. And now DC is, oh, yeah, now DC yeah. is having, yeah, now DC is having uh, its monthly, its monthly hero, superhero titles, but at the price of $3.99, like Marvel did, but also having a digital code in there to download a digital version of the comic they bought. Yeah, I think this is their first fuck up uh, in, lo- in, in the uh, move since the rebirth. I don't think they should have raised their titles to $3.99, any of them. Like, I know it's just the monthly ones. I think that's a bad move, though, to raise them so quickly after they, they, uh, they, yeah. they, 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 you know what I mean? Like they introduced the line at two ninety nine, and they do this all the time. That was that whole fucking draw the line at two ninety nine, then they fucking jacked up the price that time too. Yeah, it's just I think it's a like how can we trust them as you know what I mean? A publisher, uh, not that you can, but like what like. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like a really shitty move to do it not even a year into the rebirth to raise the prices on certain titles. And and and, and by doing so, you're dooming those titles to being canceled now. Yep. Like, I'm not going to fucking read, like, a Superwoman book for three ninety nine. Like, I've heard it's decent, but I'm not going to fucking pick it up at three ninety nine. Two ninety nine, sure, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's these titles that, like, Cyborg, I'm not going to fucking pick that up for three ninety nine. <laughs> like, you need to pick it up for two ninety nine. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's 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 dooming. I think it's actually it's worse for those books. I think that they're raising the price. Yeah, like Super Sons, they're raising that to three nine. That's understandable. Like that's, that's going to sell. Is that out yet? No, I think it's maybe out this month. But but that's going to be one of the three ninety nine titles. But I can understand that because they have a following already from Superman that's going to come over to that title. Yeah. Like, so, so like yeah, Sorry. this will all be kicking off in April. Uh, with the 399 codes appearing in Batgirl, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, Batman Beyond, Batwoman, Blue Beetle, Cyborg, the Hellblazer, New Superman, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Super Sons, Supergirl, Superwoman, Teen Titans, Titans, and Trinity, as well as in their pre-existing $5 title, All-Star Batman. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the comics are shipped twice monthly, though. Those are staying at 299 until next month, probably. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, no. Damn it, DC. Yeah. We knew this was coming. They've been doing too well. I mean, a perfect example, too, is uh, New Superman. Like, we've talked about how much we like that book, but you raise it to three ninety nine. I don't think it's as easy as sell to people, right? It is not. Like it's, yeah, isn't that part of the reason why DC's been selling so well is that they've been keeping a lot of their comics out consistently, but also at lower prices? Yeah, like like three ninety nine is a decent price for like fucking people just like jump into a comic. Four bucks is a bit of a bit okay. You steep. mean three versus four? Because you just said three ninety nine is two. You okay, yeah. sorry, one three bucks. Sorry. The- <laughs> sorry, three three bucks is fine. Three dollars that is yeah. a decent starting price for a comic. It's like, hey, I want to get into this. Three bucks every fucking week. That's fine. 
four bucks. Once you get used to paying three bucks, four bucks is a steep climb. What, what's what's really scaring me now is that after this move, the only thing that's that could come next as a result of this is Marvel now saying, "Oh yeah, you're gonna do three ninety nine. Well, you know how many, you know how all of our titles now, if the number ones and all that are four ninety nine. Well, guess what? We're gonna start making our books all four ninety nine now. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. think I think that might be one move closer for them to actually because there's been rumors going around that that is coming because there's already a lot of titles that they do that for now. If you have noticed, Marvel will put the first issue at four ninety nine, and you, sure you get a few extra pages, but when you're paying fucking five dollars an issue, especially with their track record right now, it's it's not good. It's like, you yeah. know? and then to okay. justify here's, here's the, and justify the five dollar price tag, they put it in a poly bag with a random variant cover. Yeah. yeah. So like, here's here's a reference for what my mindset is on this. Um, a French a French distributor released a series that I thought was kind of interesting about um, the increasing gap between rich and poor and thus a huge industry of uh, private security firms keeping people from being kidnapped and held for ransom. Cool concept, but um, it's eight bucks per issue. Fuck that. Mm. And I mean, the issues are longer. They're like 40, 50 pages, but no, fuck that. That's just, right. That's absurd. No, I know. It's, that it's a is lot. I mean, ludicrous. I mean, you're better off waiting, like you you just said, Bertie. Uh, even uh, at that price, fucking picking it up digitally when they have a sale, because everything be- eventually becomes cheaper, like online. Unless like it's that, a Nintendo right? property. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Or like you said, like more of these independent publishers. That no, that's, don't have the, that's the other thing. Not only does Marvel and DC have more expensive comics for content than they should, but the prices stay up longer. Yeah, like Image will Image drops their prices a lot faster for a lot of their better books than DC ever. Like I looked at what got recently reduced on from DC recently, and I think it's just um, just now getting to like beginnings of rebirth. Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, fucking Image is like, hey, we'll give you twenty five first volumes for fucking fifty bucks. Two bucks a volume. Yeah, well, Image, in that sense, I think they understand that these type of things lead to more sales eventually because people will go into the stores and actually look for... Uh, volume. That, that's why their their model for nine ninety nine for a lot of their first volumes for a lot of their most popular series is actually the best model out there in terms of I think pricing that all comic companies should follow. Like yeah, get, so, your, get yeah get the people in there for ten dollars. Hey yeah, I'm more likely to try a title out and give a chance on something for ten dollars than twenty dollars per like for a first volume on a book. But if we okay, don't, so yeah, but if they don't put it out, but if they don't put it out at twenty dollars, how can they how can they justify the cost of all those variant covers? They needed 19 different covers for the issue where Aquaman shits himself. But yet, like, for reference, the most recent Marvel comic to have its price dropped on Comixology is the trade is the first trade for all new Wolverine, which was released at the beginning of May last year. Yeah, that's taken a while then. Yeah. 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 No, that's yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Moving on to our next piece of news. Well, actually, there is one bit of comics news you didn't mention. What was that? Well, you know how you said Green Lantern books never cross, don't cross over well, and they have way too many crossovers. 
Guess what series <laughs> is getting another crossover? Planet of the Apes. We knew that already. Okay, I don't remember if we talked about that. Yeah, or not. It, I just it, saw an it, interview it, it, with it the was, Yeah, it was solicited in the back issue of one of the one of the fucking Power Rangers books. Okay, I must have missed that. Solicit. Oh, I think I think we may have talked about that then. Yeah, we uh, talked. You know, me and Nico yeah. talked about that. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's right. That's right. Anyway, that sounds stupid. Oh yeah, real fucking dumb. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking Doctor Zeus getting a yellow lantern ring, going fuck you, humans. <laughs> Bright Eyes is going to come back and this time he's going to be a blue lantern That's Mark Charlton Wahlberg Heston's will show character. up and he'll be a he'll, it'll be a greed lantern oh god <laughs> Mark Wahlberg like, I, know how, I, know how about... the La- I know how I can defeat the all lanterns with hip hop <laughs> like, yo Marky you Mark. funky <laughs> bunch of green lanterns let's fucking do this shit Oh, let's let's not talk about the bird in Planet of the Apes, please. <laughs> so, the Hero Initiative, a charity to help yes. comic creators um, in medical or financial need, is going to be starting to release videos um, detailing some of the creators that they've helped. Uh, so, today, the day we record this, uh, February 1st, February 2nd, February 3rd, uh, there will be 30-second previews going up on the Hero Initiative's uh, YouTube channel. With larger videos coming out on the eight, starting um by the eighteenth, and so it'll just be little things, uh, just kind of showing off, uh, kind of showing how the Hero Initiative has helped artists, writers, anybody who's been kind of fucked over by the comics industry, keep working in the comics industry. Uh, Newsarama, there are a lot of those. Yeah, Newsarama got a look at um, got a look at the video for um Leah Hernandez. Uh, she was an artist who had carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, so bad that she was actually losing feeling in her hands. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and so the hero, so the hero initiative uh, helped raise funds in order to buy her a tablet so that she could continue to work and continue drawing, and also I think like helped like alleviate some costs for surgery or something, or the or the cost of the Cintiq just kind of helped free up some money for uh, treatment mm-hmm. for her hands. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's a good cause. Yeah, so they'll be uh, putting out a couple of those, uh, just showing up, just, um, detailing some of the creators that they've helped. That's kind of cool. The Hero Initiative yeah. is a very specific charity, but it's a charity that's doing work. Mm-hmm. I, I also hear a lot of the times the people that benefit from this out of artists are ones that get hit um, by like natural disasters. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people I've heard of artists that. Have have had their homes and stuff destroyed due to uh, you know certain circumstances, and uh, and as a result, uh, the Hero Initiative is able to like um, they're able to fund uh, and, and give the money, uh, ba- give some money back for them to get back on their feet after that happens. So yeah, yeah. So moving on. So Captain Marvel, the good one. Uh, so he has a mo- so he has a movie coming out. It's the one where Dwayne the Rock Johnson plays not the right character, and that he plays Black Adam instead of Captain Marvel. Yeah, that movie. I mean, like, is 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 that isn't that so weirdly perfect casting? It's like a a child in a in an adult's muscular body, and you're just like, oh yeah, well, the Rock. <laughs> yeah that 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 has been the thing we've been fucking saying since this shit got announced. 
but anyway, so apparently that movie has enough material to split it into two separate movies. Oh fuck! <laughs> so one of the mo- so one of the movies is going to be focused on Billy Batson and his journey to become Captain Marvel. The other movie will focus on Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Black Adam. Because Shyamalan has proved or villain origin stories work all the time. Are they going to be going with Johns' 52 version? Probably. Um, well, he is the head of D- he's the co-head of DC Films, so... That's right. Yeah, probably. Speaking yeah. of which, did you hear that um, DC's like, oh, well, Ben Affleck doesn't want to direct the Batman. Who should it be? Yeah. Maybe Zack Snyder? In other news... Ben Affleck has stepped down from directing the Batman movie. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to beat you to it. <laughs> you think so this it, is a result of his new movie doing so shit? Who knows? Probably. I don't know. It might, but, just, it might just be Ben Affleck woke up after BVS and was like, I'm not sure I can work with these people. Yeah, so in a statement released by Affleck in the studio, uh, Affleck said... There are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions. Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become clear that I cannot do both jobs to the level they require. Together with the studio, I have decided to find a partner in a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I am still in this, and we are making it, but we are currently looking for a director. I remain extremely committed to this project and look forward to bringing this to life for fans around the world. Well, actually, I know who I would pick just because it would be hilarious, but it wouldn't happen. I don't know if you heard this, but um, the director of the Lego Batman movie wants to make an actual live-action DC film. Oh, really? (laughs) No, dude, don't. They won't let you. You're too good. (laughs) I I also... um... I, uh, I'm sure it's just a fucking internet rumor started by a comic fan. But I Probably. also heard that he... I also heard there was... Well, no, not that piece of news, but the fact that I heard that he was not seeing eye-to-eye with John's his contributions as well. I don't know if that's true, but... Uh, Maybe. I, yeah. I've also heard that, I mean, his writing partner on Argo significantly retooled the script. And I, like I said, I've also heard that when DC has no other ideas, they just turn back to Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. May, it, it'd be really dumb. That would never happen. But what if they got Kevin Smith? I heard that, but he hasn't uh, worked with Affleck. At a, I, I, they, they haven't worked. He hasn't worked with Affleck in years. Like he's, he actually himself he denied. The, why, why, do you him, why, do you, why do you keep calling him Affleck with a T? Bat, did I say it with a T there? It was an accident, Affleck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been Afflacked. <laughs> but you know, like, it, yeah, it, no, it, it's like just like rekindle that fucking friendship and then a fucking demo and then a fucking uh, like blooper reel comes out where it's just Batman in the Batman voice doing a bunch of fucking weed and dick jokes. <laughs> it will never happen. No. But what if it did? I heard, I heard that rumor too, but yeah. No, that's not. A rumor. I'm just saying it would be really stupid if they did it. Just like, it's like well, hey, that'd be a fun, hit, dumb thing. Well, the jo- well, Harley Quinn will be played by his daughter, Harley Quinn. <laughs> God, fucking yoga hosers. 
And actually, Harley Quinn Smith showed up in the episode of Supergirl that Kevin Smith directed, so I think he's just going to pull her into everything she does yeah. at this point. So, moving on to our next piece of news, keeping in the DC Cinematic Universe. Ugh. So, Warner Brothers has uh, brought on Joby Harold to do a page one to do a page one rewrite of the Flash script. This is while they are still looking for a director. So the Flash is going to suck, you're saying? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> Do we have any hopes for the Wonder Woman movie? Uh, we, we, I mean, we want it Gal to be Gadot good. Is... We fucking want it to be good. Yeah, yeah, because I would like that to be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gal, I, I, Gal Gadot was tolerable as Wonder Woman in BVS. It's not her fault if any of her scenes were not all that good. They were written by a hack and directed by a hack. And she also wasn't given but, shit to do. She just showed yeah. up. So I like her look for Wonder Woman, though. Yeah. I, 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 well, like, I, mean, yeah. I, I like her look when you can see the color in it. Because in BVS, yeah. Snyder's art, uh, editing filters basically said, you know, all that color in Wonder Woman's costume, let's not show that. Yeah, fuck that noise. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so Joby Harold, for those who don't know, uh, was the executive producer on Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. And he is I like al- that movie. And he is also the writer <laughs> and director of Awake. I don't know what that is. Awake is a 2007 is the- movie starring Hayden Christensen oh, God, Alba, about a guy mo- in a coma. Oh, oh fuck that movie. Sorry, Wait, not the movie coma. starring Hayden Christensen? Yeah, I just said Hayden Christensen and Jessica Alba. Okay, I didn't hear mm. that part. And where it, where the guy in the coma is watching everything no, no, happen to him. As yeah, I was actually wrong about that. He's not in a coma. He is put under for surgery. Yeah, he's, he's getting a heart he's, trans. He's getting a heart transplant, and his girlfriend and his best friend, who is the doctor, uh, which I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do. Uh, they are plotting to murder him and steal his money. Yeah. Meanwhile, he is. Astrally projecting himself and just kind of fucking seeing it all happen. Yep. Because, you know, why not? Yeah, so anyway, uh, moving right along. Uh, So the CW has uh, officially announced that the Supergirl Flash crossover episode, the musical crossover, will be happening in March. Uh, it'll be starting off at the end of the March 20th episode of Supergirl and then um, actually happening on the next night, March 21st, on The Flash, where it will have Supergirl and The Flash fighting Music Meister. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to catch that. And it also serves. Good- it, Go can- it can't be as good as the last time Music Meister was on because that was played by Neil Patrick Harris. But, oh really? Uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, but this time around, Music Meister is going to be played by another cast member from Glee. Yeah, I heard about that. Makes sense. So it's essentially a mini Glee Glee reunion. Yeah, a mini Glee sort of reunion. Yeah. Which? Fuck it. Like, yeah, Glee was a bunch of fucking horse dicks, but people could, people on that show could fucking sing. Yeah. And it's not going to be some fucking jukebox musical bullshit where they put out 19 soundtracks to this fucking episode. It's presumably going to be at least... There's going to be a not insignificant amount of original music 
if not all the music yeah, be original. It's going to be like, um, what was that episode of of Buffy Once More with Feeling? Yeah, that's it. Oh, the musical one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good episode. Those actors, considerably less talented at singing, except for Anthony Stewart Head. That, <laughs> that man. Giles? Yeah. He can fucking belt out a tune. Anywho, moving right along. So, Sony Pictures Animation has announced that they'll be making a standalone animated Spider-Man movie focusing on Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, a, good. B, I hope it's good. C, be curious who they cast. Yeah. So, the movie is uh, being written by Phil Lord and produced by Chris Miller. Uh, those two are the guys who directed the Lego movie. Yeah, they no, they had they've hit it out and they've done animation before because yeah, they but directed in a term, series. In terms of what people know, no, them yeah, for. They, yeah, but I, I know they did the Lego movie. They did um, Twenty One Jump Street and uh, I think Twenty Two Jump Street meatballs. They did both, yeah, but they started yeah. with Twenty One Jump Street. They did both, and yeah. they also have directed a animated television series called Clone High. Yeah, they did. Which if it. If it's anything like that, it will be oh, very yeah. funny. Did you see the pool? Um, they flipped the bitch. Is that is that the one with Abraham Lincoln on it? Yes, yeah, it is. it's a it's oh, a high yeah. school drama yeah. with yeah, clones yeah. of famous people. Yeah, yeah. No, I I watched it uh, years ago. I was like, is that the same one I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. It's the only reason I know what MTV is. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie's gonna be directed well, it, 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 by it um, on Teletoon for us. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so the movie's being directed by um, Bob Persichetti. Sorry if I'm your name wrong. He uh, worked on Little Prince and Puss in Boots. And Peter Ramsey, who did Rise of the Guardians. I know I know people who really like the Puss in Boots movie, and I've heard nothing but great things about The Little Prince. I just haven't watched it yet. It's on Netflix. I have not seen The Little Prince, but I did see... Um, I've seen both uh, you know, Puss in Boots and Rise of the Guardians. Yeah. Rise of the Guardians was real good. I enjoyed it. And this movie is not to be confused with Legend of the Guardians and the Owls of Cahool. Another Snyder movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be happening. Uh, that movie is set, is set to release on December 21st, 2018. Moving on, NBC, for whatever reason, is developing a TV series based on the Top Cow comic book, Witchblade. <laughs> how NBC's how, doing this? I was about to say, how is that going to... Well, who did Hannibal? NBC. That was NBC. Okay, so that, maybe. Maybe. that was Brian Fuller, and Brian Fuller is a madman. <laughs> Yeah, this is coming. Yeah, this is coming from. Yeah, this is coming from a person who worked on CSI and the one who runs the Vampire Diaries. Oh, okay, never mind. So yeah, there's a script commander at NBC right now. Um, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but for those who don't know, uh, the book was about a uh, New York cop named Sarah Pizzini, uh who gets a fucking some magic bullshit that. 
rips off all her clothes, gets her tits out, and then gives her superpowers. Yep. It is connected to the darkness. Big old thing. Part of the whole artifacts universe over and at Top Cow. Still, and people still like the original TV series, and I'm not quite sure why. I forgot there was an original TV series. I had no idea there was an original yeah, TV Yeah, it ran series. in like... It ran. It came out around the same time Blade was getting big, so like late nineties, uh, early two thousands. That's when, very early then in the superhero like genre type yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I I only remember it in that I knew what Witchblade was when I watched it, and I was like, "There's a surprising lack of boobs in this series." <laughs> that doesn't sound like Witchblade. <laughs> There's a woman who wears a gauntlet that has a blade. It seems to give her magical powers. I guess it could be a Witchblade. It's just, it never makes her get her tits out. Yeah. Which is weird, because it was on cable in the early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a fucking disaster. Yeah. Moving on. Marvel Entertainment has announced that they are teaming up with Square Enix uh, for a new Avengers uh, property. Well, actually, several, right? Yeah, a, f- yeah, a few of them. Uh, it's... Well, it, it's a it's a it's a fucking thing. It's part of this whole project. Uh, it's a called, multi. It's a multi part project. Yeah, yeah. It's a multi year, multi game deal uh, that is being listed under the name hashtag Reassemble. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider developer Crystal Dynamics and Deus Ex developer Idos Montreal will both be working on different aspects of the project. And yeah. So here's some information they released about the fucking thing. Marvel Entertainment and Square Enix announced today a multi-year, multi-game partnership, leading with the reveal of the Avengers Project. This newly established partnership pairs the creative minds at Marvel and Square Enix for one of the for one of the most powerful alliances in interactive entertainment. A game based on beloved Marvel heroes, the Avengers Project is being crafted by Crystal Dynamics, longtime developers of the award-winning Tomb Raider series in collaboration with lauded Deus Ex developer Eidos Montreal. Okay, so they both work on the same thing. The Avengers project is being designed for gamers worldwide and will be packed with all the characters, environments, and iconic moments that have thrilled longtime fans of the franchise. Featuring a completely original story, I'm calling bullshit on that. (laughs) It'll introduce a universe gamers can play in for years to come. More details on the Avengers Project and other games will be announced in 2018. This has been a long time in the making. They've talked about a game like this for years, like a um, like a, like a, what do they call like the ones like Warcraft MMO, MMOs oh, MMORPG. Yeah. yeah, they've talked about doing something. Is that what they're describing this as? Because yep. that's Oh, no, because I know that they were trying to do one of those for a long ass time, like a successful one. But they fucking they shouldn't. Uh, yeah. RPGs are, uh, MMOs are a fucking death trap unless you're fucking wow. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean wow. The yeah. Yeah. Well, wow or Overwatch. Overwatch ain't an MMO at all. Okay. I know because it's still Blizzard. Blizzard though. makes it. Yeah. yeah. I like Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch is Anyways. fun. Anywho. <laughs> I forgot this was happening, but Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, the upcoming freeform oh, series based off of Cloak and Dagger, uh, have found their stars. 
Well, um, Nico, I, I can. I think DC, I think Marvel's finally made its first bad decision. Oh, interesting. In the TV side of things, you mean, or the yeah. uh, well, yeah. just in general, like even their, 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 in terms of their live action stuff, the worst anything's been has been kind of mad. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> so, in the role of uh, Dagger, uh, Tandy Bowen, we have Olivia Holt. She has starred in such Disney things as Kicking It, Girl vs. Monster, and I Didn't Do It. She's also a singer. Yeah. Having released her own debut EP last year, which is just her own name. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't sound promising. Nope. Oh, well. And then, in the role of Tyrone Johnson, Cloak, Cloak, we have Aubrey Joseph, who was in the Liam Neeson movie that happened, I guess, Run All Night. But more importantly, he was in the HBO TV miniseries, The Night Of. That as well. Who was he in that? Who is who is he in that? I can't. That doesn't say. I'd have to look at it. Oh, okay. Oh. I've seen that. I've never seen that other movie. Okay. I huh. heard good. I haven't seen all of the night of. I heard great things about it, but uh. yeah, but I liked it. Yeah. So showrunner and EP uh, Joe Pekoski said, "Quote: The characters of Tandy and Tyrone have always stood out to me ever since I first met them in the pages of Marvel Comics when I was a boy. When Olivia and Aubrey read for the roles, these characters leapt off the page." We are so excited to see what these talented young actors bring to the Marvel Universe. Jeff Loeb, head of Marvel TV and also executive producer, said, Marvel is delighted to have found our cloak and dagger, Olivia Holt and Aubrey Joseph, encompass the true essence of the characters, and we are excited for audiences to see them in these roles. Mm. Remember, this is a coming-of-age series. Apparently on Night Of, he played Dwight Goodenstone. Hmm. I don't, I don't recognize him by his name. But, uh, I, I just okay. So then, man, I'm just gonna say the one word that makes me fairly certain this is probably not gonna be any good. Freeform. Yep. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, these couple paragraphs don't put me don't build me a lot of fucking shit either. I'm just gonna read these verbatim from this fucking release from Marvel. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger is a coming of age series based on the beloved Marvel characters. Tandy Bowen and Tyrone Johnson come from starkly different backgrounds, each growing up with a secret they never dared share with one another. Once a privileged uh, little girl, Tandy Bowen watches her family was destroyed by a disastrous storm that uprooted her life. Now in her late teens, an unexpected encounter with a boy named Tyrone sparks a life-changing event. Young Tyrone Johnson wanted nothing more than to prove he was fearless. But when, he, when, when everything he held close was taken away, life taught Tyrone to be afraid. Now older and more sheltered, Tyrone closes himself off. When he meets a girl named Tandy, his life changes forever. You know what was one of the things I liked about Cloak and Dagger in the comics? What was one of the things you liked about Cloak and Dagger in the comics? The double meaning of their na- of their name, not, ju- not well, the triple meaning actually, not just that they were a a character named Cloak and a character named Dagger or a character whose power was his cloak, or a character whose power was daggers. 
it was that they were a they started out in the seventies as essentially a on the wrong side of the law vigilante black op uh, well not black ops uh merc unit where they just did whatever they needed to to get money and survive. So that yeah. sounds interesting, but that's not freeform. Nope. Instead, they're going to be in high school, and then when they first meet each other, they're going to have a fucking, they're going to have a fucking moment where they just kind of stand there staring at each other as the music swells with some bullshit pop song I've never heard of, and then they'll start to develop a weird relationship where it's kind of rapey, but you know what? Whatever, fuck it, it's romantic. And then as they discover their powers, they will <laughs> never use them. Yeah, that doesn't sound promising. And He'll- Dagger will, <laughs> despite being a teenager, have a tight white leather outfit because Shadow Hunters. Oh hell yeah, dog. Yeah, that shit's gonna be fucking pure white cleavage for days. It's it's gonna it's gonna have like a cro- a white. You know how a lot of uh, cloaks, uh, a lot of daggers outfits have like a cross motif on the center. Yep. It's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be like uh, that Grant Morrison Emma Frost boob window just with a cross. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be yeah. one person who pronounces Tyrone who pronounces Tyrone's name as Tyrone. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be lots of side titty going on in that suit. Yeah. <laughs> Found a piece of news. And a kind of interesting piece of news. That I find interesting, at least. So, uh, several episodes and directors for the upcoming Iron Fist TV series uh, were named in the British uh, Board of Film Classification Database. And interestingly, the sixth episode, called Immortal Emerges from the Cave, is directed by Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Clan member The Rizza. Oh, that's great. That sounds cool. I hope that's good. Because, like, yeah. the Riz has been obsessed with martial arts since the yes. early 90s. Yes, so, and, and he made a movie is... called The Man with the Iron dog. Fists. Yeah, uh, and then he did some sort of other one, Dog Something. I forgot what it was called. Uh, was... Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. He didn't direct that. He appeared that's in it, it and did the score. He had... That's it, yeah. Hopefully... I know he Hopefully they have a good second unit guy directing the fight scenes because while there I, there were stuff I liked about the man with the iron fist, the one thing I did not like was the fight choreography. And you cannot fuck up a iron. The only thing you cannot fuck up in an iron fist series is the fight choreography. Well, he's only he's only directing one episode. That's cool though that he's involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, and apparently, uh, apparently Finn Jones, the actor playing Iron Fist, uh, said in a Facebook Live interview. Uh, that he actually listened to a bunch of Wu Tang Clan, or like help him get in the get in the like, get the mindset of the character. <laughs> he said, "Before I started the role, I actually made a playlist on my iPod because he's apparently from 2004 of songs that Danny Rand would listen to. It's a lot of kind of 90s hip hop, like De La Soul, A Tribe Called Quest, Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, that kind of music is really what Danny's jamming to." Additionally, the we, art of shadow boxing. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he then also uh, <laughs> he then also goes on to say, like, "Hey, the Riz is directing episode six. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And so right, I'm going to and so I'm going to assume that uh, that is how Danny and like this version of Danny, this version of Luke, end up becoming bros. They just kind of fucking nerd out over over like mid '90s hip hop. I assume he's going to probably do the soundtrack for that that episode as well. Hopefully, uh, I would doesn't think so. Say. Yeah, I would think so because usually he likes to do his own score for stuff when he does things as well. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah, so those were news. Wait, I have a question, Deadman. Did we ever mention Legend of Korra Turf Wars was a thing? I did not know that was a thing. 
So yeah, uh, sometime in June of this year, uh, uh, the original creators of Avatar The Last Airbender are releasing a continuation of the Legend of Korra series called Turf Wars. Part 1 is set to be released June 20th, 2017. Hmm, cool. Alrighty. Just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing to mention. Anyway, that's going to be for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. Christ, we can never do these short, can we? Nope. We'll be back in two weeks' time with an episode of the DestroProds.com podcast. In between now and then, they're going to be having our regular run news, baby reviews, podcasts. Ow! Kinds of bullshit, but until then, I'm dead. And I'm Birdie. I'm Nico. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>